saw you. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right. We're keeping things a little quiet today. TK's feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm not gonna raise my voice any. Want to make sure he's not startled. Want to make sure that he's okay. Keep it too quiet. I'll fall asleep over here. It's the Mike Rutherford show on a Wednesday <laughs> here on fourteen fifty the Big X. We're here from three to six as we are every day. Check us out on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming wherever you can find radio shows. Uh, We will be talking Cardinal Sports. We will be talking uh, other nonsense. We want to hear from you. We want you to join in the fun. Text us on the Thornton Sex Line today, 502-414-1450. That's the best way to interact with the show. If you have a thought, if you want to react to something that we've said, if you want us to talk about a specific thing, or if you just want to make a uh, B-minus joke. That's the place to do it. We'll be reading your text between now and 6 o'clock pretty consistently. Trevor, like I said, not feeling the best today. He's soldiered in here. He's feeling, I don't know. This is... It's, like a, it's a little flu bug of some kind. I'm just, I have no energy. I, I went to bed since I left here yesterday. I didn't wake up until 2.15, almost 2.30. You didn't have to come in here today. You could, straight we, out and we could have made here. We could have made other arrangements. I don't, I don't want you to get me sick. I don't want you to... The family just now is getting out from underneath the I umbrella mean, of sickness. Jordan can play a game, a game of sports with the flu. I can talk about sports with the flu, right? I, mean, I don't care so much about your presence here as I do you well, potentially infecting me with some sort of illness. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love having you here, uh, but I'd much rather be healthier and just do the show alone for a day. We could have gotten Sean Moth back in here. We could have rub it in my face. We could have had a Sean Moth Wednesday. That seems to be his like new thing, right? Wednesday Sean Moth day. Wednesday Sean. Hey, cards usually play on Tuesday. They have the weekend series on Friday. If it's out of town, they have to travel on Thursday. So Wednesday is Sean Moth day around here. I gotta remember that from now on. I've got a story for you right off the bat. All right, because I'm I'm I like I said I literally just rolled out of bed. So you haven't seen this? I haven't seen anything. This is gonna be right up your alley because people have brought you into this discussion throughout today. Um, now I'm a little worried, but okay. We do have good positive Louisville news to get to, and we'll get to that in a second. Oh, but when you leave, when you can leave with the show, you leave with the show. It's what they say. It's like the one radio thing I've heard over the years. And this isn't necessarily the show, but it's but it's my life, and it's it's funny, and it's silly, and it's kind of reflective of, of the past month that we've had at the Rutherford House. So I haven't been, a, you know, you you've heard the trials and tribulations. I've talked about the the issues I've had covering the NCAA tournament this month, trying to get all this work done, screaming kids. Power going out, trees falling on power lines, power yeah. not being restored in due time, having to, to work over my parents' house, just all this madness. Uh, dogs getting attacked by possums and bloodied in the backyard, just just pure madness. Wait, did I miss that one? That was last week because somebody texted in there. You, I think you were gone. Okay, it must have been was out, yeah. Because somebody was like, hey, the, the tournament started again. This was Friday show because they were saying the tournament started again on Thursday. 
can I just assume that something terrible happened at the Rutherford house as a joke? And I had to be like, oh, yeah, in the middle of of uh, one of the Duke games or whoever was playing that night, I hear just screaming and then Penny yelping. And then I see blood and she had been she on the bad end of a, a possum fight. So that that happened. She okay. She's fine. She's okay, fine. She's, she's a soldier. She got into it with a possum again last night. I had to go run out there. These possums are just taking over. I don't know what we're going to do. We're having to get new lights. We're trying to figure out. But she had one cornered back behind our garage, and I've got to go back there in the dark where you can't exactly see where the possum is, but you can hear the hissing and just kind of you know, pray to God and then grab my dog. And I'm like, just don't let me get scratched or bitten by a possum. It's got to be a way that why are possums constantly attracted to your house? It's the Wild West back there. I mean, do you have like just like loose trash everywhere? I mean, no. Um, we, we, it's the Wild West back there. Okay. We'll talk about it off air. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a juicy story, but all right. It's not juicy. No. So today, I've, I've got, finally, I've got to hit this quota that I, I signed up for for the SB Nation coverage. So I've been trying to get as much done as nice as possible. I'm like, this is going to be a big work day. I'm going to knock all this Final Four coverage out of the park. We're going to coast into the rest of the weekend and then react to whatever happens. It's going to be great. <clears throat> Take Virginia to school. Has a good morning. I stop on the way home, grab a little Mickey D's breakfast. Always makes your morning brighter, right? Mickey D's breakfast always delivers. Sausage McMuffin? I went with the hotcakes today. Ooh. Hotcakes and a hash brown. Okay. Right. I know. I just I kind of felt like, like pancakes. I like their pancakes. It was good. I get home. I go to the basement. And I kid you not, I, I didn't, I'm not saying this for radio. I told my wife the same thing right after it happened. But I sit down, and I'm like, I haven't felt this awake in a morning in a long time. Usually when I get back from taking Virginia to school or if it's just a standard morning where she doesn't have school, I go to the basement to start work and all I want to do is take like a nap. All I want to do is fall back asleep. I'm not awake at all. This morning I was like, okay, I feel good. I feel refreshed. I don't know why. I, don't, I didn't sleep great last night. My mind is cleared. I'm ready to work. You didn't get to bed like early last night or anything? You get a good night's sleep? Nothing, nothing new. But nothing I, abnormal? Just... Maybe I just slept better and, and didn't even know it. I don't mm-hmm. think, I mean, I wouldn't, you, you'd think not with my waking up with my daughter's feet on my face and her like ledged out, like spread out on the pillows at the very top of the bed, like taking up the, like lying directly sideways. Which my dogs I, do that. It's she. It's a lot like when yeah. I used to sleep with a, a dog when I was growing up. Molly, our Irish setter, used to sleep on the same bed as me and she would just take three pillows and leave me hanging <laughs> off the edge does, of the bed. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, Virginia very much is, is sleeps like a dog, but I'm feeling good. All of a sudden I hear, like a when I when I came down to the basement, we have drop tile ceiling, which is not not, not my preference. But we I, I took them all down a few years ago, painted them. It looks it looks pretty good. We got some recessed lighting in there. We've cleaned up the basement. It looks good. But one of the drop tiles from the ceiling was on the floor. I'm like, well, that's weird. I haven't seen this happen before. No idea what's going on. But don't think too much of it. After working for about I don't know 20 minutes, I hear like kind of like a little pitter patter on, on the ceiling above me, and I'm like, that sounds like it's too big to be a mouse. Please, God, don't let this be a squirrel that somehow got in here and it's now on the ceiling and it could potentially get down. And, and what am I going to do with that? How do I handle this? And I don't call he- Penny to kill it. <laughs> I, mean, I would. I mean, I don't know what I would do. I, I, don't, I don't hear anything for a few more minutes, and I actually get ready to go back upstairs and get a refill of coffee. And as I'm walking towards the steps, I hear undeniably, distinctly, meow, meow, meow. For about, I don't know, five to 10 seconds. My first thought is maybe I left my phone on. Maybe something's autoplaying from like Twitter or something. Maybe one of Virginia's toys is making noise. No. We have a cat in the ceiling. This we have is a cat a, in the ceiling? Cat in the ceiling. 
The ceiling of the basement? The ceiling of the basement. Cat's up there. It's meowing. I text Mary. I put the screenshot of the text on, on Twitter earlier. And I'm like, my wife has to be like, am I ever going to get a normal text from my husband again? And I just texted her. I'm like, so I'm pretty sure there's a cat in the ceiling. <laughs> and her response was, which I had to edit out, was holy F. And then she's like, I'll come down there in a second. I don't hear anything again. And I'm like, am I losing my mind? It, it goes dead silent for 10 minutes. I'm kind of like, I'm like trying to meow back at it. So I can, I'm like doing the whistle thing, like the <laughs> meow, meow, meow. I'm like, there's a man out here. Like, maybe come, I can help you a little bit. Like, are you up there, cat? Let me free you. Let me free you, which is in my back of my mind. I'm like, I'm not touching this cat. But I mean, how does it? Okay, I, we're going to get there because yeah. I don't know. Is, is that, that's, that's the next step. I'm, 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 I'm half not sick trying to figure out how this cat cat you're stealing right now. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so. Finally, my wife comes downstairs. She gets a break in work, and she tells our babysitter, Angie's over at the house. And she's like, Angie, the parents, the, the, Michael says there's a cat in the ceiling downstairs. <laughs> it's like a gathering of people. So they both come down, and immediately when they get downstairs, the meowing starts again. And there's no longer any doubt about it. There's a cat in the basement ceiling. Now the, the question becomes, how do you handle this? And thank God, Angie, our babysitter, is over at the house who has no fear of anything. Because she immediately is like, I'll get it. I'll, I'll grab it. <laughs> And I mean, it's like, a cat. It's not the worst thing. But like I mean. a feral cat will attack you. Like we had one that we welcomed into our house because it was so cold a few years ago. We're like, and it kept coming to our front door. And we're like, we can't let this thing die. And it was awful. Like you couldn't touch it. It was going to bite you. It was just attacking everything. And we finally had to, to find a home for it. And they were like, we we can't handle this cat either. We're, we're Humane Society is going to have to get involved here. <laughs> Poor cat was better off. You just leaving it alone, I think. Well, we died outside. We <laughs> saved its life. I'm sure it's living a great life now. But Angie pushes up one of the uh, the drop tiles and sees it right away. And, like, there's the cat. And grabs it. And it's, like, this. it's a Siamese cat. It's young. It's not an adult. It's not, like, a full-blown kid. It's, it's not that small. I put a picture of it on Twitter if you're interested. Okay. And I can show you more, Trevor. And the cat is – it's acting like it's been around people before. Like, it's not just straight clawing and screaming and stuff. It's acting kind of normal. But it's got no tags. It's got no collar. It's got no identification of any sort. So we've got no idea where this cat came from. And we've really got no idea how it got in the basement ceiling. So I go out. I mean, we've got a – we have a back deck. So there's like an area underneath the back deck. We, we have the, the, like the white lat- lattice, the kind of fencing stuff, you know, to keep things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, if a creature really wanted to get in there, I'm sure you can – it can get underneath there. And we've Case had point the cat. Yeah, we've had possums down underneath the stairs that we have leading up there before. But I have no idea – I, I can see how a mouse can find like a small crack and potentially get like onto that ceiling or into the basement some way. We've had a couple over the years, um, not too many, thank God. I, I've got no idea how this cat got in there, none. And we're gonna have to hire somebody to like find it. Like I went and checked under the steps. I pulled out one of the boards. There's no opening of any sort. Like, this cat got in another cat. There's no, who's to say another cat? Won't well, that's get in. my big fear now. Like I was terrified that like we would have like kittens up there at some point. And I was gonna have to deal with this. <laughs> or now like a raccoon could get in there. Like now I'm terrified of how this actually happened. I don't know. And this cat was hungry as hell. We gave it some food. Our next door neighbor has a, a bunch of cats. Pam, she's great. And so she came out and helped us because we're not. Your neighbor's the old crazy, the, the cat lady. She has a lot of cats, she's, but she's very nice. She's, there's nothing – she's not crazy cat lady. She just has a lot of cats. Does she live alone? Yes. 
<laughs> and has a lot of cats. She's she's probably listening to the show. She's, she's a very nice person. Okay, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. Just saying. Yeah, she is. She had, I mean, she refers to herself. She's like, I'm crazy cat lady. Okay, well then, yeah. But just, she's not crazy. She's very nice. And she loves our dog, and she comes over and she helps us when we get crazy cats in our house. <laughs> was it one of hers that straight well, away? I initially thought that, that, that was my first thought. I was like, we need to call Pam and be like, is she missing a cat? Like this may be her cat, and she may be freaking out. But we finally we, we get the cat in like a crate. And we feed it, and it's starving. Like, it, it's just – it's going nuts. It's eating food. And thankfully, like, we still don't know what we're going to do with this cat. <laughs> you still have it? It's st- We put it over – because Penny was freaking out. Penny can't we, – we can't keep the cat. I know everybody's like, well, you've got a cat now. I'm like, we, we've got two young kids and a crazy-ass dog. Like, we cannot bring a cat into this world. But our neighbor, Pam, like, she's, she's keeping it in her backyard. Our babysitter is one of her daughters has fostered cats before, so she's going to take it for a little bit and take care of it. Um, but we need a full-time home for it at some point. But the other thing that's come up now is everybody's trying to name this cat. Because I initially threw out Kitty Payne. Oh, I like Kitty Payne. I like that. Scott Catterfield. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning to store Kitty Payne still, but yeah. Jeff Pauls. Oh, that one's good. I like that one. Wait for it. Sydney Purry. <laughs> but so everybody's had a suggestion. And some I'm of going these, Jeff Paws. You like Jeff Paws? I'm going Jeff Paws. Creature of the moment. But so everybody has kind of thrown out their own topics, and some of them have been very funny. Some of them have been atrocious. Like, I believe there was a Lemiao Jackson, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> no. Come no. on. Uh, but some of the ones that people like, Sidney Purry was not. Uh, Tyler Griever of WHS threw that out there. Um, you, I mean, Phil Baker said Eric Clawford. <laughs> of course, you had multiple submissions of Katina Powell. No, no, no. Which I told those people to nope. go bleep themselves. Nope. Uh, Troy Matcher, former Sporting News great, said Rick Paltino. <laughs> I'm still leaning towards Jeff Paws. John Calipari. John Calipari. <laughs> Tutu Catwell. <laughs> Kyle Perk. Wow. Uh, Purvis Ellison. <laughs> Perrin Johnson. No. no I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, all I'm thinking is about is, man, how, how many people can come up with such great cat pun names? Tom Perch. <laughs> the one that I finally had to respond to. A lot to of purrs in there, right? Yeah, I mean, purrs, it, it's a good for names. But the one that I was like, no. Like, Josh Whitecker, I'm calling you out on Twitter right now. He was like, damn you, Don- Meow Donald. I'm like, no, he's not even close to it. Like, that's atrocious. You meow put, Daniel? You what? put no effort into that. That's awful. But if you have your own submission for what we should name this cat, hell, let us know on the Thornton's text line. You can. Tweet me if you want to. I'm not taking that damn cat. And that was so. That was the other most common response. Was well, Trevor got a new cat. I mean, I'm TJ not, Walker no. right away was like, Trevor will steal that. No, I'm not, I don't want it. It's a cute cat. I don't care. It's Siamese. <laughs> that makes me think of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> it's basically the other song. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, Texas says got to be Kitty Klein. Kitty Klein's a good one. Kitty Bridgewater. <laughs> Haley Van Hiss. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Texas says Lancaster Jordan or Gordon. <laughs> Stop with the Katina Pal. We're not doing that. Do we know if it's a boy or a girl cat though? I don't know. Like we couldn't we couldn't tell. It's not hard to tell. He's you know, look. We couldn't tell. Did, it was fr- did he, did freaking he, out did a little he have bit. Have a pair under? I mean, I wasn't holding him. I'm not holding a crazy feral cat. <laughs> that hard to look. <laughs> I, I didn't look. I didn't look. Uh, Jeff Purr. 
Jeff. No one. We're not doing a Jeff Greer name. You can't. Jeff Perrier does not work at all. That's even worse than the damn you, Donald. Plus, we gotta know if it's a guy, of a male or female, before we name it. Well, I mean, Trevor. I sorry, we didn't have the the cat king over our house. We're not. We're not like you. We're not cat people. We, we don't. We don't have this under under wrap. We needed help. Clearly, I didn't. I grew up with one cat. We all hated it. It didn't interact with the family at all. We named it Kitty. It was terrible. Mary's never had a cat. You're not a that poor cat went to the wrong house. It did. It, it was so. It's just, it was one house wrong, one house over. And the weird thing is, like we, there are like any neighborhood, you've got a bunch of cats that you kind of see walking around, and you know where they where they live. I mean, Pam, our next owner, I think she's got three cats, um, and then there are more that you see on a so you know the cats that are in the area, and they all stay out of our backyard because they know Penny's back there. I've never seen this cat before in my life. Never seen this cat. No idea how it would have gotten around our house. I don't know if it was like chasing a mouse or running for something. And we've, I've got to figure out how it got into the basement, though, because now I'm terrified that I'm going to be down there. And it's like, boom, raccoon falling out of the damn ceiling and just going nuts <laughs> while I'm trying to write about Villanova basketball or something. Texas says, Kyle Perk. <laughs> Texas says, Katari lands. Texas says, sign meow, Nate and off. These are getting worse and worse. <laughs> Angel McCatry, that's better. That's good. <laughs> Um, Perky Ding Zhang, no, <laughs> awful. <laughs> Steve Permage, Steve Rummage now is getting involved in this. Awful. That, I was trying to figure out what that was supposed to be. Even supposed to be a, a, a tone to like Steve. Steve, how? Why would you name your cat after a cat pun with Steve Rummage? No offense to Steve Rummage. I like Steve Rummage, but Josh Purd. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're good. The, the possibilities are endless. But we're not keeping the cat. We've taken care of it. It's it's doing well for right now. It's hanging out over at Pam's house. Um, it's going to be taken care of for the next several days. But if you would like to have a cat, seriously, let me know. Roy Feline. <laughs> They're all just good. I, I mean, I've never been one to name my 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 animals with the uh, the puns. That's why I just go with regular names like Wara, Asia Purr. Yeah, that's never been my. While I find them amusing, that's not my animals. Don't get those names. How many? Cause so you have like four cats already, right? Yes, four cats, three dogs. I mean, you are crazy kind of cat dog man. Well, animal guy, yeah. You're crazy animal guy. Yeah. Why I, would you not take a fifth cat? Because I already have more cats than dogs. I need to even it up, if anything. Oh, my God. So if, if I'm taking anything next, it's going to be another dog. Cats are less high maintenance than dogs. Oh, no, but cats are annoying. Why do you have four, then? Because three of them weren't my choice. Explain. They're my mom's. Oh, okay. I don't, my mom, my mom likes cats. I don't. So what? But one of them was your choice. Well, because I didn't say it. Just because I don't like them doesn't mean I don't feel bad for a cat that's out and astray. And I want to. Oh, you just took you took it. Took it in, yeah. Gosh. Unfortunately, my heart's bigger than my my hatred. That, I know it is. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's the Trevor. That would be I, the title of your autobiography. To be honest with you, I wish it wasn't. I wish my hatred was bigger. You wish you were a worse person. I wish I was the worst person. I want to be worse. I don't want to be better. I want to be. I want to be more evil, and and, and just have no conscience. But I don't. Texas, I really wish uh, I did. Texas says Steve did play for Louisville as a walk on. I don't think that's true. I don't think Steve that's, did what in basketball. Football, I, don't, or, I don't. He didn't play for either one. I, I think he's thinking of the uh, Jeremy Wallman. I don't know who that is either. He does the Cardinal Sports Zone. No, okay. he was a walk on the football team. Texas says Tommy Perch. <laughs> Johnny Meow not Meowitis. Come on. Guys. What what? Samardo Samuel Samuel. 
I, I like where they're going with the Samardo Samuels with the Siamese. It's trying, trying so they're hard. They're trying there. There needs to be a better answer to that one, but I like the path they're going on that one. Pearl Clark. <laughs> Cat Barber. Wait, Pearl? I mean, what? The- but P U R R A L. Oh, not P A R. Still, though. I mean, it doesn't sound. Kitty Perthurford. No. What? No. No, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, it, it, now, like, Cat Barber's uh, submissions are just flying in. I would never name my cat after Cat Barber. No. Wiped a booger on Montrezl Harrell. No. That's Stole a- shoes on his Louisville visit. I mean, one of the reasons I went with, with the Game of Thrones on my, my dog's names, because they were girls, is that I never really had any... All my dogs have been boys, and I always named them after sports. And when I got them, I was like, I don't know who to name. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't know what... I have any really famous favorite you know, female athletes, and... The only connections I had with ladies with Louisville was like a Tina Powell, and I'm sure so. I'm not naming my dogs after her, so yeah, that's why I went with uh, Game of Thrones. Texas said Roman was a walk-on for football. He talks about all the time he played tight end. I don't think he – again, I think you're confusing. I know he played football. I know he's a group, but he didn't – Steve didn't even go, go to Louisville. So <laughs> like, that's uh, – Texas says Sean Meowth. <laughs> David Paulgett. What? Montrez Hairball. That's <laughs> – but your cat wouldn't steal cell phones on recruiting visits. Yeah, that was the. I mean, I love that everybody knew that story, and we all just still made like vague references to it. Like Cat Barber, wow, got another steal. He's a he's a steal of the state. Like everybody knew the story. Now, does Virginia doesn't know that you have the cat? Now, she doesn't. Right? We could not because if she did know, then we would. Then have you're a cat. done. You're done with it. That's she was what. at school, and I. I mean. I wanted to be like, hey, guess what happened while you were gone? But I was like, no, no. She cannot see this cat. She cannot know this happened. We will hide this from her forever. She will not let you get rid of it if, if she sees it, correct? No. She will, she will make it stay. It could bite her face, and she'd be like, no, we're keeping this thing. <laughs> and it's going to be named after some Peppa Pig animal. God, it would. She'd name it like Pedro Pony. Be like, well, that's not exactly how it works. I asked. She's big into right now. Cody the cat. She's big into Hey Diddle Diddle, like the song. Hey, little, little cat in the, in the fiddle, middle, yeah. dog, cow jumped over the moon. I mean, sings it 700 times a day. And she's not, she's at that age where she doesn't know a whole lot of names. Like she's, if you ask her like, Hey, what's your doll's name? Like she can't think of a generic name because she knows the names of like the toys she has and like the people in her life, but can't like, she doesn't like, she's never heard the name Rhonda before. So she's not just going to throw it out there. So she has a stuffed cat and she, I'm like, what's your cat's name? And she's like, Hey, diddle, diddle cat. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> And she just and she sticks with it. So now every time she's like, she's like, "Will you grab Puppy and Peppa Pig and Hey Diddle Little Cat?" And I'm like, "Well, you named it. Congrats. Well done." So this cat would probably end up being named like Hey Diddle Little Cat. <laughs> Could be worse. Or five little like dogs jumping on the bed. Cat. <laughs> like she would just yeah, it, it, it would go poorly. Um, Eric Pawford, yeah, that's. I like Clawford better, but that's okay. St- St- Steve Catthorpe, okay. Montrose Pearl. Francisco Garcia, Sebastian Tailfair. It's a little sad no one's used our names in this. Well, we had Kitty Pertherford, which was oh, that's true, yeah, awful. That one. Uh, somebody actually tried to do one with you, but I can't. I can't say what they said on air. <laughs> wow, wow. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> uh, let's go. I'm a little curious now. <laughs> Texture says Jared swapped Cheshire Cat. That's that's what? actually pretty good. It got outside. I, I mean, that was good. That was good. Got outside the box. I pro- I applaud that. Texas, all these name ideas reminds me of Pam coming up with names for Dwight's bed and breakfast. Yeah, that's fair. 
I forgot about that one. Uh, I mean, they just, they, they're coming in. Right? The, the text line now, we, we can't use it for the rest of the show because all it is is cat names. Cat submissions. names. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, we got to go to break. When we come back, the first big win of the Kenny Payne era at Louisville happened today. We'll talk about that and what exactly we're referring to. You're probably aware but we're going to talk about it anyway i'm not well yeah you know nothing it's this like is all new to me i'm glad you this is the perfect day for you to not have any sort of uh f- like pre-reference of anything that we're talking about today so we're gonna d- we'll tell trevor what the first big win of the kenny Payne era was coming up here after the break kitty Payne, mike rutherford show on 1450 and 96 one the big x Topical. I love when Trevor gets topical. You know great at that is Gary. When you're gone, Gary will take something that we've been talking about, always puts it into the music. And so it becomes like half Trevor, half Gary. It feels like you're here, but you're <laughs> not really here. a perfect human being. It, it really is. It really is. Welcome back in. First hour of the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Wednesday. Did you know, Trevor? Probably. This ju- well, then you probably don't because it's just happened. It just hit 84 degrees at Muhammad Ali International Airport. Making this the warmest March 30th in the history of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it was it was 80 in my, my car, so it was 80 on the way here. So the prior record of 83 was set in 2012, 1977, and who could forget in 1895 when it hit 83 degrees? Oh man, it was one hot day. It's just, I mean, I know it gets talked about all the time around here, but yesterday I came in here in like full on winter coat and like like winter hat. And it was freezing when I dropped the kids off for work. And now today I'm coming in here in shorts at 84 degrees. Unbelievable. Always like baffles me that we have like temperature records all the way back to like late mid 1800s and stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like where where do they keep these records? Like is this like a, like a little, like a notebook? They're charting down things or like <laughs> Mark Weinberg's great great grandfather. It's just like oh my god. I mean this is incredible. I mean who would think that around 1895 they're like. Let's make sure to mark down the temperature because 100 years from now, people are going to want to know about this. They may top us. People are going to want to know about this. <laughs> going back 60s or 70s, like, okay, I get to a degree, no pun intended. But, like, nice. the, but when you're like the late 1800s, like, didn't they have like other things to worry about? Like, I don't know, like being killed by bears, <laughs> like surviving a winter. <laughs> like whole family to die today of pneumonia yeah also it was 72 <laughs> degrees scattered showers I mean, visibility was scarce let's make let's make sure to mark down the temperature just in case before everyone dies of smallpox even worse I mean, even worse than the smallpox outbreak is the uh it's a it's a fresh air warning day it's a if you have asthma please don't run outside run on the treadmill also avoid live animals that are trying to break into your very awfully built homes that yeah, are your, your cabin your easily knocked downable houses <laughs> knocked downable. i mean first of all how did they know it was 84 degrees in 1898 
I mean, once again, you're asking me questions. I, mean, I, I don't have the answers to your questions <laughs> We here. couldn't have been central air. How was it to vent out the temperature? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because I need to research every obscure topic possible before I come. One of these days I'm going to have, I'm like, actually, I just was reading about this today on the off chance that you might ask me about this. I mean, these are things I think about. These are things that make, keep me up at night wondering. The thermometer. The thermometer. Was like, created. When was the thermometer invented and why? I mean, when did it start taking records? I don't, I don't know. The thermometer was invented by in 1612 by Santorio Santorio. Oh, so we have temperatures all the way back to 1612? A man so nice, they named him twice. <laughs> well, he invented the thermometer. Italian. Generally credited with having applied a scale to the air. I don't believe that any of these like, like inventors, I think all this stuff is just, it's who like put it out there and had the means to, to put it in writing that they created it. <laughs> I don't buy that Edison invented all this stuff. I think he just stole from everybody. He probably did. Absolutely did. And then we're just like, yeah, me again. Hey, you have, do you have your own printing press? No. Well, looks like I invented this. Was it? That's an Edison classic. Bifocals. It, Put it on the list. Isn't it a Family Guy skit where Einstein worked at the patent office and someone would come in and like, like I just figured out gravity. He's like, he's like hmm, and he kills the guy real yeah. quick and he runs off with it. E equals MC squared. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the big news uh, on the in the Louisville sports world today. Outside yes. of the the women's basketball team has arrived in Minneapolis. That spread just keeps moving towards South Carolina. Uh, Gamecocks are now an eight or an eight and a half point favorite, depending on where you look. But the underdogs are in town. Good. Cards arrive safely. I keep getting up there, so when I, I feel better when I lay the big money on the cards. I'm the fine points. with it at this point. Yeah, make, make us the biggest underdog yeah, possible. Give me 10 points. Hell, make it 11. I was talking about it on the the, the podcast that I was doing before you came in here, which <laughs> shout out to Haley O'Shaughnessy. She's like, I'll get you out of here at 245. It's like, oh, it's 259. Let's go ahead and get you out of here. Yeah, I walked in here right at three and you were still, still doing it. Yeah. Like I was wondering the doors closed. I'm like, what is he doing? And I hear you going, 95% of uh, yeah, disco I balls. I'm like, He's doing an interview. Yeah, but it's like his go-to interview thing. He loves the disco ball fact. I love the yeah. He's just you can't keep this guy from talking about the first disco thing balls. I met you. You gave me that fact. He just won't stop bringing it up. Disco balls. But out of all the games left in the men's and women's final four, you've got an eight versus a two, a one versus a two, and a one versus a two, and a one versus a one. You would think that the smallest spread would be that one versus one matchup. It's the only matchup where the seeds are even. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no question. It's easily the largest spread of these four games and seemingly the biggest David versus Goliath story that we have in any of these semifinals, despite the fact that North Carolina is an eight seed taking on a second seeded Duke team. I mean, nobody thinks Louisville's going to win. Jeff Walls can play up the, the underdog thing earnestly this week, maybe more so than he could the last couple of weeks. I... I I like it. And at this point, hell yeah. Just like keep having that that spread go up. We already know we're heavy underdogs. Why not make it as heavy as possible? But on the men's side today, first big piece of positive news in the Kenny Payne era, Sidney Curry staying at Louisville, Trev. Good to hear. I was kind of – my expectations got as high as Sky Clark committed, but okay. No, I, I know. I probably – it was – it was predictable, and if I said like something great happened today, like you, your mind, I'm sure would would wander to other areas. But still, no, that's still good. News. No, that that is no, that is still a a, a a great thing, and it's a good piece to get to start get the the ball rolling for for for, for uh, Kitty Payne. I love the graphic that he used. So so Sidney Curry made this official via social media, as the kids tend to do these days, and he put out a. A picture. He put out Card Nation. Let's go. Hashtag L1C4. He's not using the Go Cards hashtag. Have you seen that new? That we have a new. We have our own official Go Cards hashtag, where if you use it, a little cardinal bird emoji immediately pops up. All the big schools have them. We finally have ours. 
it doesn't do it for L1C4, which leads me to, to believe administration, we're leaving L1C4 behind forever, which I could not be more happy about. Go yeah, cards, keep it simple. I'm not a, I was never really big on the bandwagon about one C4. Not a lot of people were. You know who else wasn't big on it? Tom Jurich did not like it. I mean, didn't, wouldn't it, didn't it come about under his watch? It did. It did not like it. I mean, he's, as, as, as Jeff Walt said uh, the other night, Jurich was very, he hired the right people. Sean Moth talked about this last week and kind of let them do their own thing. Even if he didn't necessarily agree with what was going on, he did not like that. But he's like, marketing department, you know what you're doing. I'm going to let you roll with yeah. this. But he was not a fan. Sidney Curry puts that out there. He puts that message out there. The picture is obviously him flexing and screaming, looking like a beast. And then it says, here to stay in big letters. And then there's a, what looks like here to stay song, like like graphic, like like you're playing it on Spotify. It says here to stay, University of Louisville. And it's like halfway played, like all this stuff. And then just a, a very nice red car right in the middle of it all. It's beautiful. It's a great graphic. I love it. All I got, it's all good. As long as he's staying, the graphic is irrelevant to me. Well, you're no fun. But he's staying. Sorry. And this way, I mean. Party pooper. You and I have discussed this before. If you had told us five months ago, four months ago, help. I mean, three months ago, that Sidney Curry was going to be staying under the new head coach's watch, we would have been like, I mean, okay, cool. Like, like do we really care about that? But the way he played over the last five weeks of the season, he was unequivocally Louisville's best player down the stretch. I mean, he was yeah. he was tremendous. And he went from this seldom used reserve who like, I don't think anybody I don't know if it's really knew what his role was or what it should be to the focal point of the offense in the games, in the season's final stretches. So to get him back, I think especially, I mean, to get him back under any new head coach would be a big deal. To get him back under a head coach who has this reputation for being an incredible developer of post players, I think becomes an even bigger deal. I'm excited to see what Sidney Curry can be with a full offseason of work with a head coach who has a history of making big men their best possible selves. Like, I think he can be a fantastic player. Now, does the offense run through him again next year? Is this what we're going to do? Are we going to, is, is he going to be the focal point of what we're trying to do when we have the ball in our hands? I think it kind of depends on who we get around him, what type of style we're going to play based on the guards that we're able to land and some of the wings that we're able to bring in. But Having him back and being able to work with him, especially on the defensive end, I think you're looking at a guy who absolutely could be an all-ACC caliber player next year if everything goes right. Yeah, I concur. You're excited? I'm pumped. Can you tell? You seem, you don't seem as excited as I was hoping for. Well, sorry. I'm, I'm, you're just not feeling well. Yeah. I'm just, this is about as excited as you're going this, to this, it went with where I'm at right now. This is about as excited as I can get with about anything. Well, I'm sorry. sorry. Like, if this is a normal day, I'd be like doing backflips. Texas, don't lie to yourselves. All I saw for like three years was L1C4. I mean, I didn't say we didn't see it everywhere. I just didn't we say saw, we didn't like it. Yeah, feel free to look at my tweets. I actively ignored L1C4 for like a decade. I just, I didn't like it. Has it, been, has it not been a decade? Has it been out there? It was, not that. I think it was like eight years. I want to say it was like 2014, 2015. Because okay. we did the Louisville first thing kind of as a clap back at, at Calipari doing the players first thing. Yes, exactly. We're like, oh, you're players first. Well, we're Louisville, we're Louisville first. first yeah. yeah, we're more about the name on the front. You guys enjoy all your players going to the NBA. We're about the team, and then it just kept going on. And then Kentucky, right after we did that, didn't they come up with something like generically ripped off of that? Yeah, there was a whole lot of that back and forth. I need to pull it up where because I know I wrote about it once upon a time where Calipari's book title also was a yeah. It felt like a rip off of Patino's book well, title. Kentucky's never been most original with their mottos. I mean, 
I mean, come on, though. We are Kentucky. I mean, just, I mean, it's not like 90,000 other schools don't use that already. Hashtag BBN. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to find now what the book title was. Because now I, I've got my mind fixated on something. And now I've got to find it out. Oh, okay, here it is. Um, <laughs> so Patino's book. When he, rebound something, wasn't it? Or? Well, he wrote, he's, he's written several. Okay. But one of them was Success is a Choice. Yes, I remember that. Right. One, yeah. I think it was when he was with the Celtics. That's the one my buddy, my GK fan, he he got it and autogra- Patino autographed it. And then when Patino went to Louisville, he just gave it to me. Did he? Yeah, he was like, you can have this. I don't want it. He's like, take it out of my sight before I burn it. I had a friend who threw a I was like, autographed Patino ball in the trash. And then like when Max started not being good, he was like, I missed that autograph ball so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what was I thinking? So Patino wrote a book called Success is a Choice. Calipari then wrote a book with the title, Success is the Only Option. <laughs> And when he was asked about, you know, if there's any, <laughs> when he was asked if there was any way a reaction to his rival, he just uh, he shrugged it off. It was like, no, no, no. But he was asked about the the relationship between like basketball in the state of Kentucky in the same interview where he where he was like, no, no, I didn't. It had nothing to do with Rick. And he said this: it's a unique thing. There's no other state, none, that's as connected to their basketball program as this one because those other states have other programs. Michigan has Michigan State, California has UCLA, North Carolina has Duke. It's Kentucky throughout this whole state, and that's what makes us unique. Mm. That was the one where— I vaguely remember that, yeah. And that's the one where Patino, when he got asked about it, um, responded with the, there are four things that I've learned in my 59 years about people. I ignore the jealous, I ignore the malicious, I ignore the ignorant, and I ignore the paranoid. If the shoe fits anyone— Wear it. I mean, these were. I know we talked. We got into this deeply yesterday. But these were the best days of the rivalry. If, oh yeah. If we'd just been winning more games. Oh, we still were winning. Just not as much against UK. Yeah. Well, no. The the, the program was fine, but yeah. just from a purely rivalry standpoint, we the off the court stuff was more good for us than, than the on the court <laughs> stuff. But it just like success is is a choice. Success is the only option. The only option. Players first. Louisville first. I, I love how I mean it's not, it's not we're the, the Kentucky is the only school. It's like it's a beast Kansas and Kansas. I mean, at least if you said that Bill Self said that, there are only two other Division two schools in that entire state. Yeah, like where there's what like ten in this state. So many. Yeah, I mean maybe not even maybe nine at that time because Bellarmine obviously wasn't, but. Uh, Bellman also, they're making a, uh, I know we had a couple of texters asking about this announcement that Scotty Davenport is making. I, I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't know if he's made it. Um, I won't give it away, I guess. Uh, I'll let Scott say what he's going to say, but it's not anything. I'll just say it's not anything like gigantic. It's not going to move the needle nationally. Or, is or it really to join Louisville staff? No, because that, that was what people said. They're like, I, I hear uh, Doug's going to be named coach and waiting and Scott's going to join the Louisville staff. I was like, no. <laughs> no. Why would he do that anyway? <laughs> uh, Texas, any info on Scott Clark? Are you hearing the same buzz that he's leaning elsewhere? We're in the top six. Why is it? I think there's always good buzz, right? We're in the top six. We ne- we found that out officially yesterday. Now, that wasn't in any particular order, though, when we named no. those, right? Okay. I mean, there is talk out there that Illinois is kind of the favorite. We'll see. Where's, he, where's Scott from? Sky Clark is from – well, he goes to Montverde Academy in Florida. I don't oh, know where so he's that's from. Or, he's from then, probably. I don't know where he's from originally. Um, he's a prep school kid. It probably doesn't matter where he's from. I mean, with all these kids at this, in this day and sometimes age. Sometimes it does. Sometimes – I mean, it – It I, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but the the Illinois thing, I've heard it. I'm not going to pretend to know how accurate it is. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking to Sky Clark. I'm not talking to his family. I'm not talking to his coaches. I don't – Why not? 
I know, man. I'm lazy. Are they ignoring you? Yeah, exactly. I keep trying to call me. Won't call me back. It makes sense, though. I mean, we got the news yesterday that uh, Carbello, Andre Carbello is entering the transfer portal. There's a wide open spot for him at Illinois to come in and play right away. There's a wide open spot for him to come in and play right away at Louisville. I was thinking the same thing. I was but <laughs> we can't tell him definitively that we're going to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. And I think with some kids, that's what this is going to come down to. It, it, we can we can hope it wouldn't be a factor. It absolutely is. It has been. And it will continue to be until the NCAA gets off its ass and tells us what our punishment is. Um, but you hope that the relationship with Kenny Payne might be able to supersede that. I mean, Kenny is having to talk to these kids who ask these questions, and he's going to have to do the same thing with transfers. Can you tell us, beyond the shadow of any doubt, that we will be able to play in the 2023 NCAA tournament if we're good enough? And he can't say yes. Mm, And that's the problem with the timeline now, not finding out until October at the earliest. There's nothing you can do, with the 2022 class at least, and the current crop of transfers. You can still recruit 2023. I I think you can say... Maybe not definitively, but you can tell a kid who's going to be a freshman for the 2023-24 season, like, it's it's 95% we're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And maybe it doesn't even come up. So, you're like, we're going to have our punishment. We're going to figure it out. Like, you'll be good. And if we do wind up getting banned, you can always decommit. Like, like we'll leave that option open. But with this current crop, you just you can't say it, and it sucks. Um, Texas says, what about – Sky's from Nashville. Text line says, thank you. Uh Texter says, what about this Ree kid? Yeah, Devin Ree is the, we found out today that Louisville has, I think, offered him. He's a decommit from LSU, one of the players that we've talked about um, in the last couple of weeks. Small forward, six foot eight, very, very skilled. He's been offered by a ton of schools since he decommitted from LSU. Texas was involved. Auburn was involved. Ole Miss was involved. I think we have a really good shot at landing him um, just based on the, the buzz that's out there. I think he, a lot of people are saying this could wind up being Kenny Payne's first commitment. And when people are saying sort of those things, it leads me to believe that he probably will become Kenny Payne's first commitment. And that's exciting. I mean, four-star kid, great skill set, great size, kind of the type of player that we've been lacking in recent years. And I think it is worth mentioning that when you look at who Kenny Payne has been targeting, and there haven't been a whole lot of guys, we don't have a whole lot of information, but at least at the guard position, a lot of big guards are being targeted here. That was something that Denny Crum loved. So I was the first thing I thought of too was big guards and Denny Crum and guard, using the guards in the post. It's something that John Calipari, I think, ideally likes. I know he's had kind of a run of shorter point guards in recent years. I think that's more necessity. In an ideal world, he wants more of the 6'3, 6'4, 6'5 type guards. I think you're going to see Kenny Payne, like, he's hinting a little bit at the style he's going to play. If we're going to have bigger guards, Maybe more pressure defense again. Maybe getting back to trying to get points off of turnovers. Maybe not as much run and gun offensively, but defensively, yeah. Let's get some big athletic guys out there. Let's pressure those point guards. Let's create some turnovers. So I think that that's something that's out there. And who knows? I mean, again, the sample size is still so small at this point. Maybe he turns around and offers like a five foot eight scoring machine tomorrow. We just, we just don't know. But would you like to see a return to that? The, yes. big, the bigger guards. Yes, I, I feel like little fans have been saying that for a long time. Yeah, I would be. I'd be definitely on board with it. I mean, I'm not going to turn down the five eight scoring machine, but you know, beggars can't be choosers at some point. But I, I, I would prefer the prototypical larger guard that Louisville fans grew up kind of, or at least 
I and maybe you for the most part yeah. kind of grew up selling a little bit more. I sort of, I've never fallen into that, th- this kind of argument because this, I mean, even when we were having success, there was a whole lot of talk when, when that success stopped, we got to go back to the Denny guards. We got to go back to the, the Reese Gaines type guards. Let's get some six, six guys, six, six guys out there to handle the ball. Some six, five guys playing off the ball. I just want good guards. I mean, we've seen, you can win a national title with big guards. You can win a national title with little guards. You can't win a national title with guards who just aren't good. I mean, I was. I don't think anybody was complaining when our backcourt was Peyton Siva and Russ Smith, which was far from big. Exactly. You you, and maybe this is going to be Kenny Payne's deal. Maybe he is just going to target players that fit a certain build. I mean, that's what Jim Beheim has done for years for obvious reasons. That zone doesn't work when you've got five foot ten dudes playing out front. You're not exactly going to pester anybody, and it's part of the reason why Syracuse was so bad this year. But I wonder if Kenny Payne is going to be more of a just get the best player available and then mold your scheme around your current roster, which is becoming the new trend in college basketball. I I think this is John Calipari is falling behind in this regard. He doesn't like changing a whole lot. Even even Mike Krzyzewski in recent years has gotten away from what he had done traditionally for the first 30 years of his career. He hasn't been afraid to go to zone when he's had teams that are too young to play the man-to-man defense that he likes. He hasn't been afraid to switch up his offensive styles a little bit. And you're seeing, I mean, Bob Huggins maybe did it more famously than anybody. He did the press Virginia thing, not because he just decided, hey, this is a cool style to play. He looked at his roster and said, this is this gives us the best opportunity to win. And when you know, Deshaun Butler and those guys were, were gone, not Deshaun Butler, the, the Beetle Bolden and, and those guys the last few years, when they left, he went back to the old style. He said, you know, we, we, can't, we don't have the guys who can play that way anymore. And I think you're seeing more and more. Villanova, when they had the five-guard lineup, when they had the 2016 team, they're running, they're taking a bunch of threes, they're getting up and down. I think it's why you understand the quote from the Hunter Dickinson from Michigan last week. He was like, ah, Villanova's kind of a more disciplined Iowa. Historically, they sort of have been. But this year's team does not play that way at all. Like, they slow you down. They're not going to push pace. They want to make it a half-court game. And that's because Jay Wright sees his roster, knows he doesn't have the athleticism that he had in, in 2016 or 2018, doesn't have the next-level talent, and kind of like Tony Bennett at Virginia says, limited possessions gives us the best opportunity to beat teams that maybe have more natural ability than we do. That's You have to be a chameleon in this day and age to be a fantastic basketball coach. You've got to be able to adapt to your roster. So Greg I, Oden would be a great coach then. Greg Oden, yeah. He was a chameleon. <laughs> he was a chameleon. Great commercial. Oh, okay. But I would like to see Kenny Payne, especially if he's going to be this recruiting guy that we wanted to be. Just go get the best players. Get us, give us the best players that you feel like have the best attitudes, the right combination of, of skill set and mentality to fit our culture, and then build your playing style around the roster that you have for that specific season. I, I think that's what I want. I want the best players. Small guards, big guards, whatever. Give me dudes who can put the ball in the basket. Especially when at the beginning of this tenure, I would say that yeah. do, do what you— a couple years down the down the line, three, four years down the line, you know the the the, the sanction stuff has passed. You've already gotten a national championship. You, you're four and zero versus Kentucky. You know at that point, then you, then if you want to start bringing certain particular guys only to, to, to match what you want to do, that's fine. But right now, let's just win. I'm with you. I, I think that that's yeah. Get guys who can hoop a little bit, and then we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. If you need to change your style, then you need to change your style. And please do that, because I can't stand coaches who don't want to alter their, their coaching style to match what team they have. And sometimes you have to kind of learn 
as you go. Like you may have a plan going into a year and then you just have to adjust. And sometimes a coach's style just comes about organically. You play a certain way one season and it works so well that you're like, oh, okay, like we're going to make this our thing. We're, we're, or if it's not our primary thing, it's still going to be heavily utilized. And Kenny Payne, hey, if you hadn't heard, has not coached the game as a head coach. So he hasn't had this experience of this works well, this doesn't work so well, maybe we carry this over from one season to the next, or maybe we leave this behind forever. And that's going to be one of those things that he just has to work. It, it, somebody uh, pointed this out earlier today. Replayed at um, before he he went to Montvert Academy. Is that no Oak Hill Academy? Devin Rees, Oak Hill. The other kid is is Montvert uh, Sky Clark. Ree is from Terry, Mississippi, which apparently is very close to Laurel, Mississippi, where Kenny Payne grew up. There's another little tie-in. I think we can you can appeal to that guy in a way that other coaches can't. My aunt used to live in Baseball, Mississippi. I'm sure that's down there somewhere. <laughs> within striking distance of Terry, Mississippi. Uh, If you're wondering about rankings, Ree is ranked number 82 in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. He's the number 20 small forward in the country and the number five player in the state of Virginia, uh, again, going to Oak Hill Academy. Uh, Eric Bossy, who covers recruiting for 247 Sports, said, he's another long and rangy wing. He hasn't been the most consistent player, but he has huge upside, very good size at six foot seven and a body that can carry plenty more bulk without costing him any ability to move. And he wields a dangerous jump shot. He would appear to be a very sensible target and like pain. He's from Mississippi. So we'll follow along with that. Um, Again, these LSU guys, they're all over the place. LSU is now just restocking its roster with Murray State players. I think Matt McMahon is like, hell, it worked up there. Let's just bring them all down here. And everybody else who was committed is going somewhere else. So we'll keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on Devin Rhee as this goes on. And hopefully he does wind up becoming Kenny Payne's first commitment. Unless Kenny gets somebody even better beforehand. I will take a break when we come back. More of your text on the Thornton's text line. Fewer cat puns, hopefully. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, a.k.a. The Big X. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show. Rolling on here on a Wednesday as we near the end of March. It actually kind of feels like spring outside. 84 degrees, hottest day in the history of the city of Louisville on March 30th. We're setting all sorts of history around here. History on the women's basketball front. Except we don't know what it was in 1518. We don't. We don't. I do always wonder, I mean, you you make you say that jokingly, but I do, you know, the, all the stats that come out, like Dave said, you know, the last seven years have been, each one of them has been the warmest collective year in the history of Earth. Like, it's just gotten hot. And, and I'm kind of like, how do we know what it was in, in 12, 15? Do we yeah. know? I mean, is there a way? Scientists seem so sure. I think it was a little warmer when the asteroid hit in the, during the dinosaur era. Do we even know it was an asteroid? I mean, I think. A meteor. Are we sure? Might have been a little warmer at that point. Have you ever heard the thing that, like, every, if you Google image search, you know, dinosaur extinction, extinction event, and, you know, the all the illustrations of how this happened with a, 
um, a meteor hitting the earth or whatever, an explosion happening in the back. All of the illustrations in every single one of them, there's a T-Rex that's like, huh? Like there's, <laughs> there's, there's like a T-Rex standing in the foreground and he's like staring off at like where the explosion is just being like, oh no. <laughs> and like that's, I don't know if that's how it happened. I don't know if there was one T-Rex that just saw it before like Brontosaurus just mosing, like eating tr- like Triceratops, just obli- like every other dinosaur is oblivious to what's happening. And there's a T-Rex who's like, um, guys. I just, I just picture like the smallest like little dinosaur eating like a, like a walnut. And looking up, and here comes this asteroid coming right at him. He's like, oh, this day's going to get worse. (laughs) How could this day get any worse? I heard it was going to rain today. I don't know why I'm picturing, like, you know, like a land before time, like dinosaur walking around, like with his briefcase, like, what a horrible day at work today. He looks up, and there comes the asteroid. Isn't that how the show Dinosaurs ended? Was the asteroid hitting? It did. Well, it was, no, the... Like, the climate was changing. Like, there was an end of a world event coming. They didn't necessarily say exactly what it was. But it was horribly depressing. It sounds... I'm glad I never watched the end of that show, knowing the, that. If you, like, I think you can just, like, YouTube search Last Scene of Dinosaurs. And they're, they're all stuck inside their house. And, like, it's snowing an insane amount. And it's starting to, like, cover up the house. And they're basically like, we could have changed this. But we didn't. And, like, that's how... Like, how? This is the show that, like was made famous by I'm the baby gotta love me and and not I'm really cuddly and not the mama like like we don't I don't need your like horribly depressing extinction season finale like go out with the papa dinosaur doing something funny like farting and the baby falling over and laughing like that's that's how that's how the show should have ended should we no sitcom should have like a depressing ending right Unless it, it, it's sort of like a sitcom that was if you're a drama then that's fine but if you're a sitcom like if you're Sitcom that's basically, you know, a, co- a comedic sitcom. There shouldn't don't, stay in your lane to, to use, you know, the. I, I will. I'll defend because I feel like sitcoms have had a lot of bad endings over the years. No, it's yeah. tough to stick the landing on a sitcom because you have to find the right balance of humor and also acknowledging the fact that people are are going to be sad about this and have emotions about this and that you're a little bit sad about. It. Like you have to hit the right, like the perfect note. Of the the final episode has to be funny, and it has to come to a, I think, conclusion that satisfies some of the narratives that have been happening that the fan base like wants to have happen. But it also can't be just like overly corny and, and overly like up its own butt. You know what I mean? It's tough, and like so few have gotten it right. I think the problem with sometimes ending, especially sitcoms or even shows, is that usually when a show is coming is going to end itself, the fan base is usually they're divided into two groups. There's usually a group that doesn't want to see the show end. So they're not going to be happy with an ending. Then there's the ones who have kind of been like, this show should have ended like a year ago, and I'm just not happy with it. Like that's how I think there's never like a good way to please, because you're one of two fan bases, and there's there's no in between usually. Yeah. And I mean, like the Seinfeld ending, I, I like the Seinfeld. I thought it was funny. A nice callback to the end. Uh, '70s show was another one I thought did a great like, kind of callback to the beginning of the show with their finishing and their their last couple scenes of their show. I mean, there's been you know, and then there's others like How I Met Your Mother that completely pooped all over the bed. I've heard that. I never watched. Their last season was just awful. See, I didn't like the Seinfeld ending. I didn't, didn't like ha- the You didn't like this where they go back to the button and everything. And- it felt like the easiest way to do it. Like like all these throwbacks to past. And they had they already had multiple shows in their history where they kind of did that. Well, you mean clip shows? Yeah, not not necessarily clip shows, but like, for instance, when they do the the pilot when Jerry's doing his own sitcom mm-hmm. and they, ha- they, they sort of have flashes of all these sort of 
one episode characters reacting to seeing him on TV. Like you had like Terry Hatcher is like, I think he's disgusting. And they, they, they sewed like the soup Nazi and whoever, like all these people. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they had done this a lot. The virgin was with Robert Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've forgotten that part, <laughs> but to end that way, it just kind of felt lazy. I don't know. I didn't mind the friends ending. I thought they did about as well as they could. I thought it was okay. It yeah. was just like, hey, Ross and Rachel, and we all know you want Ross and Rachel back together. And guess what? They are yeah. like, hey, like let's do it for real this time. Like, well, there's no build up to this. The final line in that actual show uh, was um, ad libbed by uh, Chandler, where he says, "Where, where, yeah, yeah, that was actually not part of the script." See, I thought that was a fine ending, and then they yeah. show like the empty apartment. Like, I thought that was well done, but it's it's tough it for comedy. Okay. But Cheers was okay too. I liked. I mean, where they they close up the bar, he, Sam's, you know, kind of walking. Cheers around, was fine. Yeah, Cheers locks cheers up and and somebody you see just a silhouette to the door and he goes, "Sorry, we're closed." You know, uh, Tetra says, "I don't know which one of us said this." Uh, a comedic sitcom. Lol, lol, lol. Me probably. It was one of us. Well, is there was there something wrong with it? Is that not? Is that not? Well, I mean, are not all sitcom? Are sitcoms all just inherently comedic? Yeah, it's sit down comedy is what sitcom stands for. That's the com of of sitcom. Comedy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the dinosaur's ending, Texture says, Earl caused the Ice Age by poisoning all the plants to get rid of bugs. All plants to get rid of bugs. So there it is. That's what he did. Okay. Maybe he should have been more upset about himself at the end than just like the whole, we did this. How did Full House end? I couldn't tell you. I, couldn't, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I just, there's some, I guess I've never... The problem is, is, I don't think there's a lot of shows that I've tapped out on long before they actually came to a finish. Oh, same, same. I mean, and like Office being one, I know I've heard I guess, some good things about Office, the Office. ending was good. It was real uh, good. I, I, but I mean, the problem is to me is that the, the multiple seasons before the ending weren't weren't very good. Uh, at least not enough to like, get me keep me interested in watching. Um, I can't think of any. I like the end. Of, I know this is kind of off the off the off the radar show, but. Uh, Rescue Me, I always liked the way they ended. I thought that was a cool ending, the way they did it. I saw, I've heard good things about that show. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. Actually. Okay, apparently text line is uh, telling me in my in mass here that sitcom actually stands for situation comedy, which makes more sense. So I can so it doesn't have to be... I, so saying a, a comedic sitcom is not... Well, no, the com, correct. the com still stands for comedy. It's just repetitive. No. Yeah. But not all sitcoms are comedies. No, they are. Situational comedy. So, what would be if it's not a? If it, I feel like there's some that are dramas, though. No, not by definition. Like, what about like a show like Scrubs? Like that—that that wasn't funny, but it was listed as a sitcom. It was a comedy. Okay. It had dramatic element. I never watched Scrubs that much. I, was, I didn't either. Uh, T.J. Walker has texted in. Parks and Rec finale not great. Office finale was great. Full House finality was real great, according to T.J. Walker. T.J. would know Full House. He's a big Full House guy. I watched a little bit of Fuller House. I'm curious. Oh, Fuller House. I'm just see now. I'm thinking. No, he said Full House. He said Full House. Okay, but I'm just saying. I went back and watched a little bit of a reboot. It wasn't terrible. I never could get into the Parks and Rec either, though. It's... I've heard great things, but I've never watched. It's tough to binge sitcoms. It's it's tough to binge comedies. Well, no, I disagree. It's easier because in, in episodic comedies, it's easier to because you're talking about only 22 minutes and see. But I think that like like what. What hooks me on a binge is cliffhanger endings, like where I, I want to see what happens next. And most of these these comedies, especially the ones that were made like in the late '90s, early 2000s, they're like every episode is independent of each other, to a degree. But the characters still have some time. Some there's there's 
you know, there, there's 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 uh, storylines with the characters that continue throughout the seasons. I mean, sometimes, like, yeah, especially more particularly since in the '90s, the will they won't they the storyline. Um, Texas says, "How was the Boy Meets World finale?" Boy Meets World finale was fantastic. Don't remember. Oh God, they they all meet in Feeney's classroom at the very end, and they ask him, "They're like, you know, you love us," and they make kind of. I, I do like some of the insider jokes. Like you haven't even talked to any of the other three kids in like the last thirty years. Like you know, because he, he basically only dealt with yeah. Sean Corey and Topanga. <laughs> and then they're like, "You what love us, you know kid? it." Minkus, Minkus, yeah. He only made it through the first couple seasons. Didn't oh. make it. Didn't make it with the rest of the class. Actually, went to Wake Forest, and like everybody at Wake Forest would just take pictures of him and post them online. They're like, saw Minkus going to oh, class. The actor, yeah. Mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, he, one of my buddies was playing football at Wake Forest while he was there. Like, would always just he'd see him be like Minkus. I'm like, how tired is he of that? So that's always I remember Minkus because I only watched like, the first few seasons of Boy Meets World, and I just kind of faded away from it. Um, but the finale is great. So he, they all leave the room, and and then Feeney very dramatically says, "Of course, I love you all." Classic Smith. Danny, who I do the podcast with, uh, Podcast Trevor, he always, at at the end of every season when, like, it ends and, like, it's sad, he always posts that at the end, which is, like, class dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) It always fits. I mean, it's kind of a rip off of the, I just said what Cheers did, though. Yeah. We're closed. Yeah. Yeah. Texas Game of Thrones ending, still the worst ending I've ever experienced. Not a sitcom, but, yes, the whole last season and a half. Awful. Ruined the entire series. I know you disagree, Trevor, but no, I don't. I don't think those. I, I just the only thing that bugs me about people like who bashed the last season of Game of Thrones, the the Battle of Winterfell, I thought was awesome. Still, it had moments the, like that the, one. Like there was what six episodes in that season. Two of them were good. The rest, yes, there was definitely. It wasn't up to par of Game of Thrones. It just strayed from the show that it had been for the first five seasons. Yeah. That's my whole thing. But that episode three, I believe it is, which is the Battle of Winterfield, which is, I, I believe, an awesome episode, just to, from start to finish. The only thing that I don't like about it is that the one with the... It's, it's where you, they kill the Night King, yeah. It's too... It was too dark. It, that it was. And they tried to act like, well, maybe you just don't have a rich enough TV. And no, I'm like, everybody was, has the same problem. Yeah. You guys are doing this on purpose. That was that it was an issue. I agree, yeah. That, and I wouldn't... I don't know if I'd have just... I don't know. I would have, like put them in different orders like that was an episode i would have put like later on in the season maybe but yeah it also just felt like too like this whole thing that we've been building like these unstoppable force that we've been talking about hinting about for the last seven years it's like oh all we had to do was have Arya stab the dude well you knew what needed to be done it was just a matter of having knowing and actually getting to do it well they thought yeah but anyways maybe you could have stretched it out even beyond one episode as well do you know what is the most watched and i got this email last week mash yeah, most watched finale of all time. Still, yeah. MASH. Yeah. 106 million people. I don't think there's any, there, that's never going to be touched. Because no. You don't, I mean, when MASH ended in 1982, I believe. 83. Uh, 83, okay. I knew it was one of the two. They um, only had three channels. So, I mean, you're never going to, I mean, this, it's, it's not close. It's like, never going to be anywhere near it. Yeah. So, we just talked Game of Thrones, which was. I think Seinfeld's probably the closest to come to them. No, they're not. Oh, really? Real quickly, though, before I tell you what it is. Game of Thrones, I mean, this was like... And Game of Thrones is probably the last episode-by-episode, like, weekly show that is going to be watched by Americans in that way. Just uh, be, it could be. There could be something to come around later on. You don't I know. don't think so, man. Like, I, I think this was kind of a one-off, at least in these numbers, where it feels like everybody's waiting around for this. And it's because it started... <clears throat> excuse me. It started its run before the streaming services and binging became, like, a real big mainstream thing. But... So MASH had 103 million, 106 million people watching its finale. Game of Thrones, the most talked about show for years, 19.3 million watched the finale. 
It's a different stratosphere. 106 compared to 19. Unbelievable. But okay, the second most watched finale. It's like a women's high school basketball score. Seinfeld was third. Okay. The Seinfeld finale had 76.3 million viewers, which again, still 30 million less people watched the Seinfeld finale Mm -hmm. than watched MASH. So number two, you've already mentioned it before during today's show. Second most watched finale of all time, TV. That isn't Seinfeld? Yeah, Seinfeld's third. Uh, who was it I mentioned? I don't remember. You just mentioned it recently when we were talking about Boy Meets World. That they kind of copied off this finale. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers is second, and still not even within shouting distance. 80.4 million viewers. And that's still at least when, I mean, when Cheers ended in what? I want to say 93, maybe? Early 90? No. It was. 94? It doesn't say here. It went like 10 years. I mean, Cheers went for a while. I want to say it was like 1992. Yeah, it was in the early 90s because Cheers started in like 81, but went like 11 seasons almost. 93. 93. Okay, yeah. Even then, you're still only looking at what, I mean, we've got cable, obviously, at this point, where what you didn't have as much when Match came out, but you still only have your basic channels, which is what, four channels? Because suicide is painless. I've never really watched Mash. I, I couldn't get into Mash. I, I, I had a roommate who loved Mash, and he'd watch Mash reruns all the time. And I'd sit and like, I'd be in the room when he's watching him doing something else. But I just never could get into Mash. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. I just don't understand like the obsession we love for it that everyone has. Like people who love Mash, like they are like Mash is is God, and I don't get that. I never could. Do you know how many episodes of Mash aired? Well, it ran from what's... 11 seasons. Yeah, 72 to 83, so uh, be 20 episodes a year. I'd say maybe, give or take, 17 to 20 episodes a season. A total of 251 episodes. That's a ton. That's a lot. I mean, 100 is the hundred's the, the, the note you want to get to, because that's when you yeah. can get in a syndication. 14 Emmys and two actors who appeared in both the first and the last episodes, only Alan Alda and Loretta Swift. I wouldn't have guessed. I, all in all, I would have gotten because that's just kind of <laughs> Who's the one that dies? I'm forgetting there in that show. That's like the most dramatic. It's like the most dramatic scene. His plane has crashed over the sea. It spun out. Yeah, there were no survivors. No survivors. I don't even like it's. It's it's amazing. We know these, but we can't. Enter. Neither of us can tell you that we, we both have admitted we've never watched Mash. But I know the scene. But we know these like certain scenes. And yeah. I know the song. Yeah, and I know. Like I said, I know Alan Alda's Hawkeye. I know that. I think wasn't it Hawkeye who died? No, no he was no, no he was because no, he's in the finale. No, Hawkeye's the, the, the main guy. No, it was one of like it was one of the second tier characters, obviously. That he left the show for something. Obviously, I don't know why. I don't even know what the, the premise of it is. I just know I've seen it mocked in many of other sitcoms, and I've seen the clip itself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's like Mash fans listening right now who are like, "I hate these guys so much." I mean, and then everybody else is like, please just stop talking about MASH. I mean, yeah, where, where are the MASH texts though? Like, where are, are these people? Are there MASH fans still out there? I'm sure there are. Like, are you? I mean, because we're talking about a whole generation of like people who don't even watch MASH anymore. Like, it's, last time I saw MASH on television, it was like rerun on WGN like 20 years ago. Texas, no great show is talked about less than Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, it, it was immediately ruined from, removed from like the American pop culture conscious the second the series ended because people hated it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody even talked. There aren't memes out there. There's no, like, yeah, you look like Call Drogo or, like, there's Khalil. Like, it just, people just, don't, it, they hated the ending so much, and I fall into this category was, as well. Sopranos falls in that too a little bit, doesn't it? I think Sopranos still get, like, the last episode, people kind of don't like the ending or debate the ending, but I don't think it ruined the entire, like, people still love the entire show. With Game of Thrones, it felt like the last season and a half invalidated the, the first five and a half seasons because it was mm-hmm. so different. 
Like every, they fell out of, they avoided every lazy writing trope for five and a half years and set up all this different stuff with brilliant writing. And then just for the last year and a half, just, just got away from it all. Like, oh no, we're going to have this completely unnecessary journey outside the wall to try and catch a white walker. And it's four of the main characters. And then five guys we've never seen before. I wonder who's going to die here. One main character did die though. What the like the, the end, but like they would always. That was the thing is that you never knew the writing was so unpredictable that you never knew what was going to happen. Like yeah. you, if you've watched TV for long enough, you feel like you can assume certain things are going to happen at certain points, and you can never assume with Game of Thrones. The last season and a half, you could predict everything that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, is there ever, is there any sitcom drama? I mean, show. Let's just say shows because apparently I, I can't say sitcom and be and judge it correctly. But in any show, has there ever been anything that like made unless you not had read the book? The Red Wedding. I mean, that was just like, what the bleep just happened? Like, I The mean, only reason why I kind of suspected something when I was watching the series for the first time, I didn't start it when, like, like, I think I started when it was like season four was going. Yeah. And But I remember the night where, on Twitter, when the Red Wedding had happened, and just like everybody like just tweeting like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So when that wedding was starting, I was like, well, I know something bad's going to happen here. Yeah, it's poor. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, it, I, I would have been shocked. Like, yeah, when I, I watched mean, it with Mary, she was stunned. That's the, that's like, and when I think about just, I mean, I can't think of anything in television that like was more out of nowhere. Like, like, an and that R- was cool. Like, like an RKO out of nowhere. Just like, you, you know, did not, I mean, if you'd read the books, you obviously saw it coming, you knew it, which I kind of feel bad for you a little bit because that was the best part about it was you didn't see it coming. I mean, but I, I can't think of anything else in television. I mean, they spend so much time building up, the, you know, this this war and the accumulating troops and what it, it took to push Rob Stark into action and all this stuff. And like now he's finally gaining an advantage and you know, all this back and forth. And then boom, dead. Sorry, yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, boom, everybody's dead. Wife gets slaughtered. Who was God, that? the hot wife. Oh, oh the hot. No, no. Do you are you on my side with it? Mary? And I, this may be our biggest argument in marriage. Is she hot? I think she's gorgeous. I think she's, she's the hottest. Oh, yeah, she's hot. Thank you. I think she's the hottest girl on the show. Yeah, she's right up there with, with uh, what's his name, Shay. Well, I loved Shay, oh, too. Yeah. She, well, I don't, I don't think she was nearly as hot as Rob Stark's wife. Plus, Shay did porn, which was awesome. Okay. Well, a lot of the actresses in that show did porn. All the ones that were in Littlefinger's... Uh, That's right. I'm, almost love- all of them were, were, were extras that were porn stars. You knew that fact really quickly. I mean, come on. <laughs> As soon as I found out Shay was the part, you, you know I looked that I up. knew she looked familiar. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Henry Blake, the Texas dirt, says, dirt was, the, was the character who died in the plane crash in Mash. Who was it? Colonel Henry Blake. Okay. Texas says, eight, eight and nine of Star Wars ruined almost the whole franchise. Now Filoni and Favreau are trying to save it. This is... Mm, I mean, that's... See, I haven't seen... I, I've heard everybody complain about the last one. You can say that about the prequels, though. Everybody I mean, complained about the prequels too. Yeah. Besides, have, I think the the was it. I guess episode three was the one that people were like. Some people will defend three, and I have been one of them that will take it with a grain of salt. But I'm not going to like put it on like this pedestal of awesomeness. It was just while it still had its moments of good, seeing you know Darth Vader very end going no, it was just oh, is that does that happen? Oh, so cheesy. I don't like yeah, that. So bad. Padme's dead. No. I love the original ones. Like I was big into them as a kid, and I just haven't brought myself. I just don't watch any of the other prequels. Ones. Aren't yeah. I mean, the, I started the prequel one time. I watched like thirty minutes of it. I think I fell asleep, and I haven't gotten back to it. Now the reboots, or I guess you want to call the the, the extensions, like the your you know of the most recent years. I loved like the Force Awakens. I thought that was great, and then it just went pretty much they they replaced. Um, 
uh, what was the dude that directed it? And they replaced him with uh, the guy that does Knives Out and some other movies. And Love Knives Out. I like Knives Out, but his version of Star Wars was god-awful. Because J.J. Abrams did one, right? J.J. thank you. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's him. He did Force Awakens. Then they brought in the guy that did the night, which I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's like Josh something. They bring him in. Well, J.J. Abrams didn't do Knives Out. No, no. The guy that did the second Star Wars did Knives Out. The uh, Johnson. Yeah, something. First name's Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, whatever yes, his name thank is. You. Spelled weird. Yes. He comes and does the second one, and he basically takes everything Abrams has started to build and just flushes it and says, screw oh, that's this. that's annoying. And, re- and just redoes the whole movie. And, and, and that's what made it so, the second one so bad. So awful. And then by the third one, J.J. Abrams comes back, and he tries to, like, basically correct everything in one movie. It, it made it... It was a bigger mess than that. And Yeah, the last two... Force Awakens was on its own a really good movie. After that, the last the other two were pretty much crap. I know at one point they had the dudes who ruined Game of Thrones. Like, we're set to do one of the Star Wars. The Possibly. David and Dan, uh, D.B. Weiss and uh, Dan, whatever his name is. I won't even is. watch the Solo movie. It's I, I, I've, I've been I've been ruined enough by Star Wars now. I don't want to... I don't want to burn myself anymore but the outcry against those two guys was was so strong that like they ended up not doing it like, they were oh. going to do one of those uh shows on hbo that was kind of like the man in high tower type premise uh-huh where it was like what if you know we like uh the south had won the war or something man like that Tower's good that's isn't that the one where isn't it the one if, if right. the nazis have won the war or something it's a it was like it's reimagining like nazis yeah and japan yeah they, they share control of the world basically and i think the guys that did the, that that was the, the premise i remember reading was they were going to do something like that on hbo but it was with the uh, the south had won the war oh I like and i got but unfortunately it got just a little too much backlash and people were like i don't want to see that and i wouldn't trust any of them either to handle that yeah that's with the grace. other that's the other thing yeah is, is the, the, the premise could be interesting but you gotta get the right writers, and are the guys who supposedly ruined Game of Thrones the writers you want on that? The text line is now like it's like seventy five tweets about Star Wars and people having genuine thoughts about Star Wars <laughs> and um, also Game of Thrones, and then one guy who just says, "Now, can you make a tweet when this segment is done?" <laughs> <laughs> real quickly, <laughs> real quickly, we'll just text you. We have your number, dude. We'll send you. We'll text, we'll, text, we'll text you back. Texas says Clone Wars show is really good. Texas says um, was Joffrey Baratheon's death the most satisfying? No, whoa, I liked it. Whoa. I wanted. I wanted it to be worse. Yeah, but I love the way they just they made you work for it. Well, that, that was another one where like That's they, they didn't one. fall under the they didn't fall victim to what you expect to happen, which is yeah, you know, one of the Starks just like chops his head off and then like pees on his face, which is what they did with. Uh, uh, What's his name? Snow killing um, the, the 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 stepson, and now like the names are. See, I've, I've blocked the show from my memory now, but like you know who I am. Like the evil dude who made um, turned the one guy Bolton? into Reek. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton. But yeah, like you knew that it was going to be like they're going to make this as bad. As, and sure enough, like they beat him to a pulp, and then they feed him the dogs. Like everything yeah. terrible happens. Like they avoided that with Joffrey. It was a poisoning behind clothes, and you didn't know who even did it. Well, also, they made they made, I mean you, they made you want Joffrey to die for like a year and a half. They he would that kid was the perfect actor. I mean, they just they made you. I mean, it, it could have been so easy to like have him die like early on into that run because everyone wanted him. To, yeah. Within like five episodes, everybody wanted him dead. Yeah, and he kept prevailing. Like, but he kept right. prevailing. He kept moving on. He kept moving on. That was one of the best parts about it. it was such a slow build up. Texas, and I've heard this. A lot of people have said the same thing to me that I would really like the Mandalorian uh, big time surprise end of season two. A lot of people say that. I have not watched uh, Mandalorian. No, I have seen Mandalorian. I just don't remember what season. Mandalorian is the Baby Yoda show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched both seasons. I don't remember there being a big surprise though. 
Texas says J.J. Abrams tried to recon in nine, but it was too late. That's kind of what Trevor said. Yeah, he know? tried. He, what he did was, he, if you watched the last one, it's like he's taking two movies and like crammed them into one. And it's just, it just didn't work. He, I, God love him for trying, J.J. I, I, high five, but it wasn't going to work. Texas says Star Wars Rebels is a better cartoon than Clone Wars cartoons. Let's get super dorky. See, I don't, this is out of my, my frame of reference. I like Star Wars, but I don't get into all the side sitcoms. Texas, a show shows. similar to Hightower is on Apple TV. It's called For All Mankind, which is essentially USA versus Russians on the moon, which may have been predicting the future of current days. Well, I like that. <laughs> That's a hook. There was an HBO. I am intrigued. There was an there was an HBO miniseries that was similar to the Hightower premise, where it was um, Lindbergh becomes president, hmm. and it was like not as interesting. And I guess Lindbergh's somewhat anti-Semite. Pretty much was a very big into that and. That was along the premise of the show, and but it wasn't like a whole. It was just like an eight miniseries, eight eight episode miniseries on HBO. Uh, Texas says Trevor liked The Force Awakens because it copied the plot of A New Hope. Yeah. The new Star Wars movies were hot garbage. My household only recognizes the originals and the prequels. The yeah, Force Awakens was. I mean, it was basically followed the. But you know what? If it, it broke, why fix it? Sean Moth also texted in to let us know it was Colonel Henry Blake. He died. That was the scene on Mash. Here's the thing, uh, Sean, and everyone else that keeps telling us that. That doesn't help us because we have no idea who that is. Well, like, can you be a little more specific in the character? Like, was he a big time character? Was he a side character? He was one of the major characters. Okay. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we get back, I promise sports. There are a couple sports questions out there. A Make couple sure it takes of, like, the segment's over. Yeah, we'll let him know. <laughs> a couple of potential transfer uh, on the basketball front names are out there. They're floating around. I'll tell you what I think about them. And we'll take more of your text. Hopefully, uh, I mean, Coming in. Y'all remember the weird Ewok movies? No, I, I, I don't. I'm sorry, but I love the Ewoks. <laughs> I'm pro. I'm, I'm an Ewok. I, pro, I never stood. I'm pro Ewok. I'm pro Ewok. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. Well, I wouldn't go that far. It is. I like it. I love. Uh, I love Andor. <laughs> Andor. Andor. It's great. Endor. 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 It's great. I'm doing Trevor's thing. Like when I try to talk about Star Wars, I'm just I turn it into Trevor. The Wookiees. <laughs> the Wookiees were fantastic. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, we'll do Wookiees that. are from Endor. We're gonna talk about potential transfers. Two names are out there. We'll mention them. I'll tell you what I think about them. That's all coming up after the break. Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Wednesday on 1450 The Big X. This is all I have to say. It's a tor- terribly depressing song, but a very good song. No, they're, they're very depressing. Do you have any idea who actually sings it? Not a clue. I, I'm looking at the, the screen right now. I don't even know who sings it. It doesn't actually say. Oh, hold on. Johnny Mandel. It just says Mashy. Johnny Mandel. Not Manzel. Oh, yes. Mandel. Maybe Mandel. I only know because I downloaded it back in the day. 
Uh, I always know the song. I think of the when Stewie and Brian are Stewie, drunk. He's, he's, he's like, you sing it for me, please. <laughs> so you can do it. He's like, he takes the bag of olives with him. <laughs> a brave man once requested me. I mean, yeah, it's a terribly sad song. Not what I would choose for the theme song for a, a sitcom, but hey, it worked for MASH. 106 million viewers for the finale. We already talked about that. That was song. instrumental, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't, you don't actually have the word. I think they they played it for the movie though, because they it would, the song was made for the movie itself, which predated the series. Is that right? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's by far the. I mean, I don't think it's even close when you talk about shows, TV shows that are based off of successful movies. Oh yeah, I mean, number one, it's the only one. Has there ever been another movie, a spinoff show of a movie that it was successful in any way? Not that I can think of. I mean, there's a lot of them. Not that I can think of. I can't think of one. I'm ch- I checked my email during the break. This is why I hate using Facebook and like I, the next door app. So you're not on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Hmm. I don't. I don't use it. But like, so we did the thing where if you're just joining the show, there was a cat in our ceiling basement this morning. It was the yep. great. Just an, we can't have one damn normal day in this house. Not one. Not one. So we post on the St. Matthews Found Pets page on facebook i post on the next door app like found this cat like, put the pictures up there hoping somebody will find this cat and the cat found you more like it well yeah but, well you know i'm, I'm putting it but every response is just lecturing you on what to do whenever you try to do anything on facebook try, try to do the right thing it's just like actually you shouldn't be doing you should do this have you tried letting go of the cat it looks like it's it's people friendly i'm like Wait, we found it in our damn ceiling letting go of the cat. there's no mean? playbook for this i'm sorry that we found a cat meowing and horrified in my ceiling of the basement like i don't know how it got in there i don't know where it's from it's got no tags it was very hungry we're trying to do the right thing here just tell me if this is your cat if not shut up <laughs> all these people are like well you you should go get it chipped and you should t-. i'm like oh my god just we've got that part under control i put this out there hoping somebody would see this saying that's my cat it got away thank you for finding it thank you for getting it out of your ceiling instead of letting it die there you can't do the right thing anymore you can't please anybody it's I, just i'm surprised the other half aren't like i pray for this cat they probably <laughs> are thoughts and prayers for the kitty yeah Here's the food you need to be giving it. Yeah. Not sure. it looks like you're feeding it this. I would actually feed it cat. Make sure you don't get make sure you don't give it the cheap stuff. Don't leave it outside. Storms are coming. We know. We're aware. We've planned for this. We've got it under control. Just tell me if this is your cat or not. It's a kind different round. Like in 24 hours, if someone does not claim this cat, I'm gonna it kill it. Be, I'm gonna. <laughs> if one more person lectures me on the next door app, guess what? The cat dies. That's where we're going with this now. I hate you for that next door app, by the way. I hate the next door. Well, the next door app's fascinating. No, I, I hate it because I, I signed up. Now you're addicted? No, I signed up for it and I just deleted it because it was annoying. Uh, but every day I get like the email still. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. And, and I, I'm so I'm, I, every day I wake up and I'll have like, I mean, I have like 60 emails when I wake up every morning. And like of the 60, 58 of them are just total nothingness. So I'm just deleting them as I go through. And like of those 60, of the 50 that are meaningless, 55 of them are from that damn site. Yeah. The, I mean, I'll say this for next door. And the Game of Thrones writers could have, they should have hired some people from next door. They know how to create suspense. I mean, because they send that email and they'll give you like the, the portion of the, the top the post. Headline, yeah. It'll be like <laughs> a man climbed down the side of our house, knocked on our front door. When we answered it, dot, dot, dot. And like you have to log in to read the rest. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, now I've got to find out what happened here. 
drives me insane. Is this guy dead? Did they kill him? Is he in jail? Was You'll it just never a, believe what happened in my house last night. That's what everyone posted. Yeah. Either that or it's like just people arguing about fireworks constantly. My dog is scared. Well, your dog sucks. I'm allowed to th- blow off poppers at 3.30 in the morning. It's like, it's April 2nd. What are you doing? <laughs> just, that's, all, that's all next door is. Uh, so, God, the text line is just all now Star Wars. And, and at least we moved on from cat buns. I guess. <laughs> I mean, not not really. There's still a lot of those out there. I mean, text line is bumping. Can you get a combination of Star Wars and cat buns? No. Cat puns, the Star Wars names? I love the, the texture. Love you all. Go cats. That's the, that's the guy who said, uh, can you make a tweet when the segment's done? Okay. We love you too. <laughs> I applaud you for hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> You're a great fan. You're braver than I am. We value you. <laughs> we appreciate you. We don't cheer for your favorite team, but we like you. Uh, a texture brought up a couple of names, and I think that these names, I, I can't say definitively, but they're transfers that I think have landed on Louisville's radar because they're players who are originally from the state of Kentucky. Um, one of them, and this is the name that I I have heard. Dante Allen. Well, that we know that. Like Louisville, <laughs> Louisville has officially reached out to to Dante Allen. But the the player that there has been a lot of buzz on is Sean McNeil from West Virginia, um, who is from Union, Kentucky. Okay. And he put up decent stats. I mean, he's a three-year player at West Virginia. Didn't play very much as a, a freshman. He started the last two seasons. Averaged about the same points and rebounds the past two years. 12.2 points per game. He was the second leading scorer this year on, you got to be honest about it, a bad West Virginia team. Um, shoots the three well enough. Take, took a lot more last year than he did um, I, I take two seasons ago than he did this past year. But he's about a 40% three-point shooter. I don't look at those stats anymore the same way after what we just what just happened to us this past year where it's like, oh my God, he shot 44% from three last year. This guy's a career 39% three-point shooter. This guy's a career 41-point three-point shooter. And they all shoot 22% at Louisville. So I, I, I just, I'm jaded because of that. Would I like Sean McNeil here? I'll say the same thing that I said about some of the guys last year. I think you can find a role for him, for sure. If you're bringing him in here to be a, a starter, I think you're, kind of in trouble um but it may it would make sense why you would reach out to him from the state certainly a good player but we're talking about the second leading scorer on a team that wasn't even good enough to make the nit now the other player kind of transitioning seamlessly into this is adam kunkel from from xavier you did say he's from west virginia though right well he played for west virginia for three years okay from the state of kentucky i mean if anything we can maybe do the oscar shibway effect where he didn't do anything much at west virginia and then comes here and blows up I mean, Shiba was fantastic as a freshman. Well, he went, I wouldn't say fantastic. He was. He almost averaged a double-double. He was first-team All-Big 12. He was pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he was on everybody's like preseason All-American list and then had that weird start to his sophomore year. That's not mine. Well, yeah, the, the, TK, <laughs> the TKAA list. You don't make my list. The most storied <laughs> list yeah, there is for preseason college basketball. <laughs> uh, but Adam Kunkel is the other name that's out there. And another guy who's from Kentucky originally – Started his playing career at Belmont. Spent the past two seasons at Xavier. Um, he was really good at Belmont as a sophomore. Started every game for them. Averaged just under 17 points per game. I think you can say, I think it's safe to say, kind of a disappointing couple of seasons at Xavier. Was not a starter there. On a Xavier team that is still playing in the NIT right now. Did he, he win last night? They did. They won handily. 
obviously didn't get a chance to watch any basketball last night. So who won last night two games? Xavier won. Xavier and AM both won easily. Oh, we picked them both. We did. Right. Um, two teams that one of them has a head coach and the other one's – I mean, Sean Miller, again, is just like, I mean, can I can I get these guys in a damn gym? Can I coach the team? Did Sean Miller get credit for if they win the NIT? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, he already won his first title. He's killing it. Coach, you, don't you haters. But Kunkel averaged 8.9 points per game this year for a Xavier team that wasn't good enough to, to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, another guy that I would say – if you want to take him because he can shoot the outside, and he doesn't shoot it as well as as McNeil does, but if you want to take him because he can stretch the floor a little bit, okay. But I'm hoping that's in a reserve role. I mean, if this guy wasn't good enough to start on a Xavier team that wasn't good enough to make the NCAA tournament, and which also fired its coach, what what are we doing bringing him here if we're, if we're looking at him as a starter? But I hadn't heard him. I had heard Sean McNeil. I'm not saying that the the, the Kunkel buzz is is not true, but. It also could just be guys see a player originally from the state of Kentucky in the transfer portal and just put two and two together. Uh, but we'll see. Both those guys, I don't think they make you. If you bring them in, they're not going to take Louisville from a, ooh, we don't know what this roster looks like, to they're definitely a top 25 team, but they could be nice pieces off the I'm bench. not going from 6 to midnight just when I hear they're, if, they, if they move them coming to Louisville. Nor should you. Yeah. Nor should you. Um, Texas says McNeil and Conkle played high school together. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, Texas, I've been watching Sean McNeil since he was a freshman in high school. Good six seven man for you. Been watching Kunkel too. Y'all want him stud. Eh, I mean, I hesitate to say any of this because if he does come here, people are going to get excited. And they'll do the same thing with, you know, again, last year I was the buzzkill on Jared West, even though the one guy was like, you love Jared West. You did. <laughs> like, yeah. He's going to be Peyton Siva. You got Jared West tattoo. You don't even know people don't know about I kind of end up having to be the bad guy where I'm like, I mean, he's 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 fine, but would I have taken him over Blake Wesley at Notre Dame? No. <laughs> and I said he was fine if he was a piece coming off the bench. And I feel the same way about Kunkel and McNeil. McNeil, I'd be more excited about. Kunkel like was a law firm. He was great at Belmont. He just, I mean, if, if he couldn't get it going at Xavier this year, which he couldn't, I mean, he wasn't a starter at Xavier on a team that wasn't good. There's just, there's no way around it. That's I'm not going to get me excited. My partner, Kunkel and McNeil. Webster, Webster, and Cohen. Uh, Texture says, Mike, have we discussed... Oh, this is TJ Walker. Mike, have we discussed USA's last World Cup match for the next six to seven years? The World Cup's coming up. We're going to make it. Yeah, yeah we're going to make it. What, I, don't know what he's, I don't know what TJ's referring to. Have we discussed... Did we, we haven't discussed much World Cup. I mean, we're about to qualify. We're going to Cutter. December World Cup, here we come. We do have an exciting, like, I follow, I don't get into, I don't have, like, a team for the English Premier League or the La Liga or the Bundesliga. I used to cheer for AS Roma in college with all my soccer friends because when I'd see their score pop up on the bottom scroll, I would call them Ass Rama. And as a perpetual child, I thought that was funny, so I would cheer for them. I picked uh, West Brom as my Premier League team, even though I think they're in, like, the fourth league just because I played with them on FIFA once, and I was like, okay, they suck. I'll pick them. They'll yeah, see, I like Manchester United just because I used to use them all the time like on, on the game, but yeah, it's also like picking the the Yankees as your favorite team in baseball a little bit. But the only like soccer team that I really follow outside of uh, Louisville City and Racing Louisville, U.S. Men's National Team. 
Yeah. And the women's national team. But, you know, you know, it's like following L women's basketball. You know they're going to be right there in the mix. Like, there's no doubt whether or not they're going to qualify for the World Cup. The only issue is whether or not they're actually going to win it. But I like following. I think it's fascinating following all the, the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, the UEFA World Cup qualifying, just seeing the different processes and how it all happens. And I like the process of following the men's national team. Now, the this World Cup qualifying process has been different because the pandemic put them like two years behind. So it's all been expedited and it's not, it hasn't gone like it typically goes, but it looks like, I mean, we're, we're going to cutter. We're there. All we need is what? One more point to officially do. The World Cup is in guitar. That's cutter. Oh, same thing. Yeah. Okay. Q-A-T-A-R. Still very corrupt. Still, there's no reason for the World Cup to be there outside of them bribing a bunch of people on the committee, but Eh. hey, we're there. It's not people (laughs) work. But, it's looking like unless something outrageous happens, I think Costa Rica needs to score like 15 goals in its last match to automatically qualify. We're getting Canada, USA, Mexico into the World Cup, and then Costa Rica will play in one of those inner confederation playoffs that they'll probably We're going to win it all this year. We've got a good, young, talented roster. Everybody, said, everybody who follows soccer way more than I do says, yeah, we can make a little bit of noise this year. But 2026 is the one you need to circle, which I okay. feel like is what we've been doing for my entire lifetime where it's like, Oh boy, we may like '98 World Cup in the United States. Like we made, we we did some stuff there. Just wait for '02, and we go to '02 with our highest ranking of all time, FIFA wise, before a World Cup, and we finished dead last. No, it was '94 that was in the U.S. '94 was the one that, and we beat Brazil. Well, didn't we? No, we lost to Brazil. Well, no, well, no, we because their own guys scored on themselves. Well, yeah, that's how we won the game. <laughs> <laughs> We're that, the only ones that score. That's no here nor there. But and also the, the dude uh, like like elbow like she got in a red card. Poor guy got gunned down in front of a grocery store too because of that. That's the other thing that I remember is that <laughs> this should have been red card. Yeah. Uh, tonight's the U.S. World Cup qualifying match, or tonight's the the last U.S. World Cup qualifying match for six or seven years. USA, Mexico, Canada hosting a forty-eight team twenty twenty-six World Cup. So no qualifying matches. Kind of bummed. Qualifying matches are exciting. Forty-eight team World Cup is going to be bonkers. Yeah, that's what TJ was trying to say. So we, because the United States will automatically qualify for the next World Cup because us in Canada are hosting it, we won't have a qualifying match for like until we're in our mid Well, you'll be like 50. That's bad. <laughs> I do do that thing at the end of every World Cup where when it ends, I think about, you know, oh, my God, in four years, you're going to be this age. Like you can't I, – yeah. I can't avoid thinking it. And every time it's sad, but this year I'm going to be like the next World Cup, you're going to be 40. Like that—that's. I won't be fifty yet. Thank you very much. Probably close to. I'll be forty-six. Craig said, "Yeah, my buddy Craig, who follows soccer, was—he's right. I mix it up. Ninety-eight was the year that we circled, and we're like, oh, 94 was fun, but wait till yeah, 90, we and we finished dead last. Yeah, we can't think we got in the. I think we made it the second round of the uh, knockout stage in '94. I think you're right, which is the the furthest we've ever made it, at least yeah. since the you know the '60 run or whatever it was. And then 02 was like the best we've ever done. That was with Tony Mioli at catcher, at goalie. Catcher. Catcher, yeah, goalie. <laughs> uh, Leonardo was the player who elbowed Tab Ramos. Tony Mioli. Should have gotten thrown out. Ended up being, uh, joining the uh, Jets as a kicker for a brief time. If uh, Texter clarifies, if Costa Rica wins by six, then we go to the Inter-Confederation playoff. Okay. Unless we – let's assume we don't get a point tonight, obviously. Who do we play tonight? I don't know. Who do we play tonight? Come on, TJ. TJ, text us in. Tell us. Let us know. TJ, walk us through this. <laughs> Come on. Nice. Hand by hand. Let us know. <laughs> hand in hand, who we got. 
I can't even find it right now. This is that's embarrassing. I should have known. Uh, Texas says, surely you consider this, but did Trevor st- did Trevor steal the cat and hide the evidence in your basement? <laughs> I did consider it. I don't think Texter. Texas, Texas just says squealing. Texas says, has anyone in St. Matthew seen my cat? <laughs> Texas says, would you all be surprised that Trevor reveals at the end of the show that it's one of his cats and that he's trying to pawn off to the Rutherford family? There's just, now there's just like a billion texts about trevor and stealing cats not that i wouldn't have thought about doing that uh, my other soccer friend tally has now texting i, pl- I appreciate you don't even like the tally's living down there in, in north carolina now he's been out of louisville forever he's listening to the show he said we beat columbia where the own goal happened That's columbia it. not brazil i'm yeah. sorry i apologize yeah. the, the tale of the two escobars, two escobars yeah best yeah. 30 for 30 in my opinion i said brazil, I, 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 apologize. Yeah. I knew it was a i knew it was a powerhouse team uh, country that would be which is columbia is clay tally former university of louisville soccer sensation scored a goal against kentucky and then uh threw the uh tossed the ball into the student section nice badass move by a not badass guy known him known him since high school we've been good friends for a long time not a badass love you clay no no pretty soft but he did that it was awesome then he went to lehigh and went to the ncaa tournament thinks he's smart now we're in the same law school class he finished i did not he finished the class He's, he's a lawyer. He stayed in the class. You didn't. Yeah, the one class, the, the, the law class. He finished law. Took finished it for all class. three years. Did well. Maybe he's the one I need to talk to about the bar exam history. If you show me, you should. <laughs> I can't give you anything there. Can you? Can you tell? What was his name again? Clay Tally. Clay, can you tell us what how people became lawyers before the law, law, law uh, the bar exam was around? Oh, we play Costa Rica tonight. That's why they've got to win by six goals. Ah, okay. So if we just forfeited, it counts as a three nothing loss. I thought it was one nothing, but okay. Why wouldn't we just forfeit? Let's leave nothing to chance. <laughs> I don't think we're losing 6 nothing to Costa Rica anyway. Yeah. Texas says, pause and prayers. Thank you. Pause and prayers. <laughs> Texas do you think – this is actually a legitimate question. Do you think KP will allow the media into the locker room again? I hated that Mac took that away. Mm, I'm indifferent. I don't. I really could care less. But I was indifferent when it happened, and then I sort of – and I'm still – it's not the biggest deal in the world to yeah. me. But I did realize how many stories we missed out on. I know more media members were probably more. Well, yeah, they're the ones aggravated by it, and and you know, being the fact that most of us, I guess, technically are media, but we didn't care because we're not the ones that going to the games for coverage. So yeah, I'm I'm not going into yeah, the that's not our level of media. Yeah, it didn't bug me, and at the end of the day, I'm sort of you know, the fan element of my persona dramatically outweighs any sort of media aspect of my persona. So I was like, if, if if this is if Chris Mack wants this, if this is going to help the program in his eyes, if he thinks it's for the best, then then I'm fine with it. Like, I, th- would I love to have more insider stories? Sure, but if he thinks that this is a detriment to his program, then so be it. But I did miss. Like, I don't like the fact that now, if you have a game where, let's say, a player's involved in a game deciding play late, they take a bad shot. Mack says afterwards. The play was designed for somebody else, and this player just kind of pulled a fast one, made the wrong decision. We may not hear from that player like that if they choose not to make that player available to the media in the post game press conference. Like we're never going to get his thoughts. We're not going to hear what he was thinking to take that shot. Whereas if you were in the locker room back in the day and it was open, you know you had to face the question. Yeah. You had to you had to face the music, and also just like human element stories. I do miss. I feel like we haven't gotten as many of those in recent years, and part of that is pandemic. And transfer portal, more guys leaving early on. But I do think at least somewhat of that was the open text, uh, the, the open locker room going away. 
I'd like to see it come back just for that reason. But if Kenny Payne doesn't want it, then I'll have the same stance that I had with Kenny with with Chris Mack. I'm pretty sure Cal doesn't do an open locker room. So I mean, a few I'm, people do. Like most most I'm programs. I mean, Kenny won't. Yeah. Uh, Texas says, Trevor, you are killing me. Kashik is the Wookiee homeworld covered in dense forest. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was Endor. I thought it was Endor. I thought Wookiees were from Endor. So did I. Are Wookiees not from Endor? Let us know. I mean, I thought Ewoks and Wookiees were 14, like 15. cousins. Yeah, and Wookiees were from Endor as well. The lineage is, is lost on me. Um, text says derailment text. Okay, I can't. Okay, we we were up against the end of the break. We, we, I can't read a derailment text. I'll get to that in the third hour. Text says if the media was allowed in the locker room last season, it would have been like covering a UFC fight. <laughs> I did. I talked about it on the the podcast I did today. They were saying like it has the the women's team. They talked about the clip that we played on on Monday show of. Or I guess Tuesday show, yesterday show. Emily Angsler and Haley Van Lith tearing up when talking about Jeff Walls and like, has it been a breath of fresh air for Louisville fans that have been dealing with, you know, gross stuff and losses on the men's side? I'm like, hell yeah! Like, we're getting that in post game press conferences from the women's team. Whereas on the men's side, even when they're winning, it's like, oh, two players got into a fight over food. Oh, this guy kicked this other guy into his locker. I'm like, we won by 15. Why are they still fighting? Yeah. The women's side has been a lot more fun to follow than the men's side this year. There's no question about it. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Hour number three is on the way next. God knows what we're going to get into. Uh, we, I, I do have a football fact that I want to address. We can take, talk more about roster and pl- potential players that are floating around in the transfer portal because more have been out there. Uh, and then a Russ Smith quote that we're going to get into. It's all not coming up next. Mike Rutherford Show rolling along on a Wednesday here on 1450 The Big X. But suicide is painless. It brings on many changes, and I can take or leave it if I please. Twenty-five years, I'm a lofty steel, trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the world was made up of this brotherhood of man. Is there a theme today, or because I feel like you've just been kind of going with stuff that we've been talking about? I didn't have. I woke. I told you I literally woke up at two thirty today. Because we did. I was was just. This today was gonna be on the whim, wild card day. Anyway, I I didn't. I went to bed as soon as I got home from the show yesterday. I didn't wake up till two thirty today. Didn't have, yeah, a theme did not even enter my mind. So can I ask why we're, this song's on? Do you just like it? <laughs> Honestly, it was on the sidebar of suggestions. It does kind of fit with the and show today. I was today. like, screw it, I'll pick it. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about God knows what all day, so what's going on kind of fits. I mean, it was... <laughs> we got cats coming out of ceilings. We've got somehow Star Wars talk all over the text line. Uh, Game of Thrones seeped in there at one point. We talked way more about MASH than anybody ever has in the no, last yeah, 10 years. Ex- yeah, no, we're, we're doing radio for <laughs> for people who don't listen to radio anymore. <laughs> uh, so you asked, I, jokingly, about when I mentioned my buddy Clay Talley, who played football or played soccer at Louisville and now is an attorney. You said he's the person I need to talk to about how somebody became an attorney back in the 1800s. Talley gave a somewhat serious response. Are you ready for this? <laughs> First of all, he's on the wrong show if it's a serious response. No, he's a serious guy. Okay. Big time attorney. That's how you become a lawyer. That's why I didn't become one. 
expectations. My guess is that you took an apprenticeship before there was a bar exam and law school. And then he also clarifies, also technically, I had the assist against UK. The ball bounced back to me, and I tossed it into the crowd. Crowd almost hit me with the ball as I was jogging back to midfield. It was a – I was going to say a word that I can't say. It was a, a lot of testicular fortitude to make that move. My favorite people growing up were the the athletes who, like, you knew it from school, and they were so mild-mannered and so calm, and then you would watch them play in, in actual games, and you're like, oh, my God, like – that dude who like doesn't talk in our English class just elbowed that kid from male in the face. Like, that was <laughs> that was insane. Like he's just not taking any of that. Tally's kind of one of those guys. Very brash on the field. Not brash in any other area of life. He had to be an apprentice. But who? Apprentice to who? An actual attorney. Well, how did that person become a lawyer? He was an apprentice. This is a well, chicken egg situation. There's gotta be. Who was the first lawyer? The first lawyer was basically <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm I'm the, I'm a lawyer." Who's the guy that, that, that defended Adam and Eve? Like it was. <laughs> the first lawyers were just basically the only people who knew how to read. Your Honor, unless you have proof, they did not touch that apple. I swear to you. <laughs> the first lawyers were probably the the people who knew how to read but didn't want to exploit everybody else. Like the that's how you became a lawyer. You're like, hey, I know how to read. I can try to get you out of this contract. You're going to have to pay me a little bit of money. I mean, there had to have been, I'm assuming there Which there I was, guess is kind of exploitation anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming there, I mean, they, they were, they, you know, they, did you have to just buy one of those wigs in Great Britain and that became made you a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> as, long as, you had a, as long as you had a big white wig? That's how it works. That's how it works. Get one for Christmas. Like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Um, now we've gotten into the, the pronunciation of, uh, of, I was always told it was Cutter. I was. I mean, I'm, you're talking about guitar. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, here's the answer. It is generally acceptable for both it to be pronounced cutter or guitar. I was with a G, but okay. Yeah. I st- I always called it guitar until people who know way more about me says said that it was cutter, and so I just started saying cutter, and now apparently you can say either one. Okay. There you go. Uh, Texas says John Law was the first lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, that's where the name lawyer came from. Um, I like that somebody just texted in for the first time since January 4th and said, what in the actual bleep was that outro song? Just not paying. Like, we've, we were talking about MASH. Out of like, curiosity, what was the text before on January 4th? Great question. Um, it just says, I just turned 22 and was sad all day because I don't have another birthday to look forward to. We were talking about how 21's the last cool birthday. Oh, well, that's not true. 25 insurance reasons. Rent a car. Yeah. That's it, though. Once you get past 30, it's just all downhill. Well, it's, it's just birthdays you don't want to have. 25, really. I mean. 30, I kind of liked. I mean, 30 was all right. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, trust me, you don't want to hit 40. 40 sucks. I'm not excited about it. 30, I had a good time my 30th. I hung out with John Renshaw on my 30th birthday. What'd you all do? Nothing I can tell on the radio. Well, I was going to say, besides things you weren't supposed to be doing. It was, I know it was during the uh, it was the NFL draft happened that same day, because that, that happens a lot on my birthday, and I don't remember anything about the draft. I think we ended up going to Mr. G's at some point. I love Mr. G's. Yeah, if that tells you anything, what could have happened. Mr. G's is fantastic. Jesus, there's been some memories from Mr. G's. I bet there have been. Are you ready for some prop bets for the Final Four? Or lack their memory. Are you ready for some prop bets for the Final Four? You're a gambler. You've been on a hot streak. You've been rolling through March. I want to know how you would handle these prop bets if you were going to wager on them. All right, let's bring them. This question, what will be seen first in the UNC versus Duke game? A Duke National Championship highlight is the, has the best odds, plus 150. Coach K crying 
is number two. UNC National Championship highlight is third. And then any sort of Dean Smith clip or image is fourth at plus 300. Which of those would you wager on? I'm taking the Dean Smith clip. Taking the long shot on that one. I like that one. I can see it. I mean, you saw, like, Dean Smith was everywhere the other day because it was the uh, 35th anniversary or 30th anniversary of, well, no, it would be 40th anniversary of Michael Jordan hit the game winner in the 1982 title. Yeah, the first title that got handed to him. Yeah, it really kind of did. You're right. I told you. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, not, not as literal as the second one, but still, <laughs> come on. I think that's actually the best bet here because Coach K is not going to cry before the end of the game. Oh, no, no. He'll cry at the end. Win or lose, he's going to cry. And, and, they're I, gonna, and I think that they're going to show like championship highlights. But I think that they're going to steer more clear of that because this game is more about the Duke UNC rivalry than it is like, yeah. their two respective paths. Where, yeah, where are the highlights of the rivalry? Well, that I feel like that would be like even money. That seems obvious, yeah. right? Yeah. But Dean Smith, I think that might be the best bet on the board there. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Texas, what will happen first in the U- or not Texas, odds makers say, what will happen first in the UNC versus Duke game? Is it Coach K calls timeout, which is minus 150, or Coach K's wife is shown during the broadcast at plus 110? They've been, they've been showing her a wife. lot. That'll get shown before the, the game even tips off. She also, like, they, they show they, her a lot, and she's stoic every single time. Yeah. Like, she's not, I would get the constant shots if she was, like, hysterical and crying and screaming and, like, waving a towel or something. No. She just always, like, stands there watching the game Completely quietly. Completely deadpanned. But they keep showing her. Yeah, no, she'll get shown. She'll be on the screen before the tip off. I promise you that. Follow-up question? Because yeah, they're going to show him and her walking into the stadium. I know it. Where would you set the over-under on times Coach K's wife will be shown? Because there is one. Uh, I'll set it at the whole broadcast? Yes. Six. The over-under is set at four and a half. Take the over. This is via sportsbetting.ag. Because you're going to get one before the game. You're going to get at least maybe two before the tip-off. And then you'll get, I mean, I guarantee you'll get at least three during the game. So. Which one of these two things will be mentioned first during the broadcast? Coach K's retirement's minus 500 here. Hubert Davis being a first-year head coach to make the Final Four, though, is plus 300. Which of that? I mean, it's got to be Coach K. Coach K. Yeah. Lay the house. The, the better question is which one gets mentioned more. Well, that's got to be Coach K, too. I mean, it's going to be taught. Both are going to be brought up every five seconds, it feels like. Has there been – I feel I haven't read as much this week as I'd like to because we got damn cats dropping out of the ceiling in our house. <laughs> Has there been a anybody done the think piece on comparing <laughs> Hubert Davis? Because everybody's celebrating Hubert Davis right now. Mm-hmm. Has anybody done the parallels between Hubert Davis and Bill Guthridge? That story has to be written. First year head coach making the Final Four, replacing a legend. Wasn't Guthridge an eight seed too when he did it in his first I, year? He was. I'm, that's what I'm saying. The parallels I'm are positive there. He was. Yeah. I know he did it. I know they went. I can't remember. They were well. The two years he did it, they were like one. They were a one seed one year and like an eight seed the other. And I always forget which one was which. But I want. I think there was eight seed the first year they did. And they went to the four. I think you're wrong. Actually, I think the first year that he well, went, they, they were, were like one. they were like thirty three and three or something. Yeah, but then then they then they went again when he was an eight seed, or they yeah. made a run with right. It, and Wisconsin was the eight seed too. That was yeah. also in the final four. Which that was two thousand. Yeah, I saw the. I wish I had the the graphic in front of me because I saw it and I meant to bookmark it and I forgot. They had the list of all the first year head coaches that have been to a final four. I take it back. Here it is. I thought there wasn't any. What do you mean? I thought in Davis the first first one year first one year coach to go to the final. Four? Well, no, I guess no. We just mentioned Bill Guthridge did it. That's true. And Steve Fisher did it too. I guess nothing about it. Yeah. Well, you kind of stepped all over my question, but okay. Sorry. He's the only first-year head coach to go to the Final Four and win it all, and he was interim head coach, which is kind of different. Technically, yeah. So technically, you've never had a 
first-year head coach, go to the Final Four and end up winning it all. Now, one of the – so it's happened – Hubert Davis is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th coach to be in his first year and take his team to the Final Four. Really? Wow. One of those coaches – and we have. it's kind of strange that we haven't talked about this as much as we have talked about this person and his relationship to where we currently sit with Louisville men's basketball. Denny Crum, very first year, went to the Final Four in 1972 – they got beaten in the semifinals. In fact, the We're first not. the first six head coaches to take a, a team to the Final Four in their first year ended up losing in the national semifinals. The first one to make the title game, and I don't think I knew that this that this team had a first-year head coach, but the Larry Bird Indiana State team in 1979. No, it was first year? Really? Bill Hodges was the first. Imagine that being your first year as head coach. Like, well, <laughs> I took Indiana State to the damn national title game. It's only downhill from here. Uh, your first year, you've got yeah, and you've got Larry Bird as your player. I mean, I would. I, I hope he just left after that year. Yeah, Bill just Hodges. walked out. He's like, I'm done. Peace. What did Bill Hodges do after Indiana State? Uh, well, not much. <laughs> he coached there for only three more seasons, and then I'm assuming he was fired because he went to <laughs> Long Beach State to be an assistant. Oh yeah. Okay, so I mean, I mean, how do you back up going undefeated and going to the national title game in your so, first year? So Bill Hodges. Four years at Indiana State, thirty-three and one year one, sixteen and zero in the Missouri Valley national runner-up. Only losses in the national title yep. game, sixteen and eleven the next year. Not a bad season. They don't yeah. make they don't make the NCAA tournament. And then back to back nine and eighteen seasons. The second of which he went two and fourteen in the Valley and was let go. His next head coaching job wouldn't come for another seven years when he took over at Georgia College in the NAIA. Math's a little off, but you telling me in the three seasons, his, his second, third, and fourth seasons. He didn't win as many games combined as he did his first season? He did, but barely. Okay, I was going to say, he said 16, and what was it? 16, 9, and 9. So he won four. He won 34 games in his That's last 28. three seasons. No, it's not. 16 plus 9 is 25. 25 plus 9 is 34. Okay, one off. Okay, yeah. So he won one more game in his last three seasons than he won in his first season. 34 <laughs> wins in his last three years, 33 wins in his first season. It's crazy. He then coached at. What uh, happens when you have Larry Bird? <laughs> he coached at Georgia College for five seasons, and then he did coach at Mercer for six years in the '90s, never taking them to any sort of postseason tournament. They Where? went Mercer, go Bears. Wonder if he coached Sam Mitchell. They went three and twenty-three in his last season. Doubt he coached Sam Mitchell. I don't think he coached Sam Mitchell. He had no. He had one season above five hundred. They went fifteen and fourteen. It's the only player I know that went to Mercer. <laughs> he was good NBA player. I remember the dude, the guys who did the Dougie after they beat Duke. That's it. <laughs> That's right. That's all I got. <laughs> Texas, my bet is Hubert Davis is more like Mike Davis than Denny. That's kind of my bet too. I'm not. Mm. I'm still not sold on. Nah, I'm not either. I'm not not sold at all. I watched Baylor come back from 25 points in in 10 minutes because your team couldn't complete an inbounds pass. That's not great. Um, last prop bet: the, the Kansas and Villanova ones are just boring. I, I get it. Like Duke UNC's got more attractive storylines, but can we not at least have like Will Jay Wright pick his nose on TV? Plus, Is that really one of them? No, it should be. Oh, okay. What will be seen first in the Kansas versus Villanova game? Mario Chalmers National Championship highlight plus 150 or a Villanova National Championship highlight minus 200? Nova. It's got to be Nova. Is there any prop bets about mentioning Bill Self cheating? There should be. I mean, that Jim Nance is, if Nance is the one talking about it, that's like plus 8 billion. Nance ain't mentioning Kansas in any sort of NCAA trouble. That's a guarantee. That's absolutely not happening. Kansas Nova is playing such second fiddle here, and I guess I should have expected this, but like, no, there's not even any, uh, not even uh, whatever. Uh, odds for the most points scored in the Final Four, 
Who would you say if you had to bet? I'm kind of surprised by this. If you were making the odds for this, who would you put as the favorite to score the most points of any player in the Final Four? A player team. Player. Glispie, oh, um, uh, uh, I feel, uh, Villanova. Okay, see, I would have him lower just because I don't think, like, Nova's going to be an underdog in their first game. I would choose, I would have to be a team, a player from a team who's favored to win their first game. So I would say Paulo Bancaro. Yeah, okay, yeah. Duke Star, he's been fantastic. He seems like the most obvious choice to be MOP this weekend. They've got Ochai Ibachi from Kansas as the favorite. Plus 400, Bancaro's third, or second. Gillespie, you mentioned him, he's third. Brady Manick, fourth from North Carolina. Jermaine Samuels is tied for fourth. Get If Armando Baycott wins MOP... You're going to hate life, aren't you? I really am. I don't like this Final Four to begin with. That would be... Although I want them to beat Duke. Who are you cheering for in that game? Have we talked about this? I mean, Duke Carolina and... Duke. Lesser of two evils. Oh, man. I don't know if I am. I mean, I just... I just kind of want to see a real good game go down to the wire, maybe, but... Are you one of these people who's being swayed now? Who's kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of rooting for K now. I've got friends who are doing this. No, 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 no. I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not rooting for K. I, I mean, don't want him to win. Uh, no, I was rooting. I've been. I rooted for Texas Tech. I rooted for everyone else against him on the way here. Uh, but I don't know, it's hard to root for North Carolina because I just really don't like North Carolina either. I hate this team. I mean, I just. I don't like it. If it was any other Carolina team, I'd be okay with it. On the other hand, I really don't want to root for Kansas. I'm. I guess I'm. If anything, I'm just rooting for Villanova now. Same. Villanova's become like America's yeah. team. If you don't have a rooting interest, like there's nothing nasty about Nova. There's no clear reason not to like them. Like Jay Wright. Handsome and cool. Yeah. Unless you just hate handsome and cool people, which is understandable. No. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, people don't like us for some reason. <laughs> that's why, yeah. That's why the text line's so mad today. It's not yeah. that it's not that we're talking about Star Wars too much. It's just we're too handsome. Yeah. We're too handsome and cool. Text says, Why is nobody talking about the spring game on Saturday? Well, I think it's on Sunday. <laughs> Do we have an over under on the attendance? I might take the under regardless. Do we have a spring game on Sunday? I believe the spring game is Sunday. Unless I'm wrong, I don't think it's Saturday. I know it used to be on Saturdays every single year, but I believe it's on Sunday this year. Yeah, it's on Sunday. Um, so, so that's Either why, way, it's that's why nobody's talking about it being on Saturdays because it, it's on Sunday. Uh, spring game, Sunday, April 3rd, 4 o'clock is going to be uh, when that thing kicks off. It's going to be on the ACC network, which probably will hurt attendance as well. Nice. If you don't want to make it out there to get a taste of football in, in April, you can just watch it on the ACC network. It's also going to be... It's not going to be like a traditional spring game. And we know Satterfield doesn't like doing this. I mean, he made that very clear right when he got here. He's like, we're going to do just a normal practice. We're going to do it in February. We I don't like spring games. I think this, I'll say this. If the last two seasons had gone the way that the first season went, I don't think we're having a spring game. I think this is more of a play to the fan base because Satterfield knows that the last two years have not made anybody very happy. And so they're hoping to have an offseason where they can at least start the process of getting everybody excited. And the recruiting has certainly done that. But I think this is another one of those olive branch type deals. But it's not going to be what you usually see from spring games. They're going to have a traditional practice, pretty much. And then like a scrimmage that's going to be on the ACC network. They're going to practice for 40 minutes. And then they're going to have a controlled scrimmage that's sort of a situational type deal. Like you're going to, hey, 20-yard line. 35 seconds to go, boom, start. Like, that's the way it's going to be. Several drives that last a minimum of eight, of eight plays are going to be part of the scrimmage as well. So it's it's going to be unique, but by God, it's football. We're going to have football to watch on Sunday. That'll be something. And if you just like, 
if you miss tailgating and you're desperate to get out there, spring games for you. And I think that's what the spring game is. How do you feel about spring games overall? Because I'm, I think, I'm I think we're on the same page. I'm actually happy it's on TV because I, know, I would, otherwise I wouldn't watch it. When they first started, if it's, it's going to be on TV, I'll, I'll probably flip it over and, and, and yeah. watch it a little bit. I don't go to them. I don't take anything from them. Uh, I'm. It's generic. It's cliche. But I mean, my motto is just this is not right. Nobody, nobody get hurt. Exactly. I mean, I know. I know it's like, oh, it's just a, yeah. But the first of all, cliches are, are around for a reason. They're cliches for a reason, and I just don't want to. Yeah, as long as someone gets hurt, I don't care. Yeah, if maybe if someone explodes statistically and he gets a little overhyped. That's fine. That's that's fun. It's fun to do. It's fun to get excited about. Oh shit! Running back, you ran for four hundred yards on you know whatever did did whatever. But as long as no one gets hurt, I'm happy. I'm the same way, and I know spring games have existed in other programs and been a big deal for a long, long time. But for us, I feel like we didn't really get into spring games until the first Petrino era when we started getting really good. Like I remember getting so excited about them. At that point in time, like I was really excited about the first Teeth Cragthorpe spring game in 07. And it was packed. Like the place was filled. Yeah, I remember. And it was because, like, I don't know, it was more of a first glimpse at people. Like we didn't know, there wasn't as much information floating around at all times as there was back then. So you were seeing some of these guys for the first time. And it also felt like it was more of a actual game. And then as time went on, the prioritization fell on just not letting people get hurt, like you said, understandably so. And the results have meant less and less and less. Like, I think Lamar Jackson going into his sophomore season, you know, the, the talk was, we know we can run. Like, we got to get the passing down. And he threw for, like, 873 yards and 11 touchdowns. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's, this guy's unbelievable. And then you watch the actual highlights. And you're like, oh, well, then nobody was really trying. Like, that's – and that's kind of the way spring games go. And I don't blame anybody for, for doing it this way. Who wants to have an all-out, crazy contact, bodies flying everywhere, dudes getting hurt everywhere – five months before the start of the season. Like, that's the last yeah, thing we need. Like, exactly. But I am, like, there are some guys that I'm curious to see. Like, I, I have, people have been talking about Travion Cooley making a big step forward at running back. I'm, I'm excited to see the running backs, period, just because we have so many guys who I think would start elsewhere who are competing for playing time right now. But Well, the problem with spring games, too, is like with, with a guy like Cooley or like you mentioned with Lamar throwing all jars, it's just really, just, it's kind of a double-edged sword where it's, if you do blow up and have those numbers, it's, oh, well, it's a spring game, take it with a grain of salt. Thing and if you don't have those numbers, it's oh good lord, what, what this guy might suck. Well, there's nothing you there's can really, feel. There's, it's really a no win situation in is. terms of the players, and honestly, in terms of the units too, because you can't be overwhelmingly enthusiastic about anything. Because if the offense is incredible, you're like, well, should we be worried about this defense? Yeah, exactly. Should we be worried about the offense? Was it the defense? Was I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like the secondary had four interceptions. Like, well, they're they're either the greatest secondary of all time, or our quarterback has some serious work to do. Like, <laughs> it can't be both things. In quarterback play, I know we, you know what you've got with Molly Cunningham. He's been here seventeen years. I want to see Caleb Johnson. I mean, the freshman quarterback. He was here the last day. It was 84 degrees on March 30th. He's been here since the last time, you know, UK beat us in men's <laughs> basketball. It's been a long, long time. But Caleb Johnson is a name that didn't get a whole lot of buzz when he was coming up here. I know Keith really likes him uh, based on what he's seen. And the chatter this spring, as it always is. I mean, what we hear now is from L. But the chatter this spring has been that he's looked good. I want to see it firsthand. I mean, we're, we've all talked about Pierce Clarkson coming in next season and potentially winning the job right away. As a true freshman, if you're Caleb Johnson, you got to be sitting here saying, like, I'm glad this guy has the juice. I'm glad that he's getting a whole lot of players to commit here, but that's going to be my job. Like, 
and I'm going to be the primary backup this year. I'm going to beat out whoever I'm Evan Conley or whoever wants that gig. My guy Brock Doman. I don't is he still around? Is Brock if Brock's still around? I'm beating I out Brock. I haven't seen him in the transfer portal yet. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I mean, if he's going anywhere, he's probably just quitting football. Leave, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're Caleb Johnson, you're like I'm beating out all these guys, and I'm going to spend a year backing up Malik. Maybe playing some spot duty if he get, has to take a series off or if we're beating somebody so badly that I can come in at the end of the third quarter and play most of the fourth. And then next year, I want the job. And Don't I want, we still have Evan Conley, too? That's what I said, yeah. Oh, they said Johnson. I was, Conley, and then, and then oh, that's when I got oh, to Brock. Okay. Yeah, but uh, that, that's my mindset if I'm Caleb Johnson right now. Sorry, I'm starting to zone out a little bit here. It's okay. You've made it. You, you've done I'm, well. I'm holding on by a thread here at the end right now. Home stretch. Yeah. Texas <laughs> says, when does the Cunningham for Heisman chatter start? I'm sure there will be some. There will be a little bit, yeah. Just because, especially if we, who do we play in the first week? Syracuse. Or Syracuse. So we and so we don't have a Division two cupcake right off the bat, but we don't I'm, have a Division two cupcake period this year. Yeah, but Syracuse still a game that where I could see Cunningham having a big game and it already starts off. He better. I mean, well, we need him have a big game anyway. If we're not lighting yeah. up Syracuse in week one, then uh, then we start to worry a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he'll get some love. He'll get some. I mean, he's a known commodity. Who plays the sport's most important position? And even if, because a lot of the people who set the odds don't actually, you know, they're not sitting down and watching Louisville every single week. But the numbers pop. I mean, you've seen the the the, the, the comparison of the, the the running statistics and the passing statistics. I mean, his total yardage is going to be up there with anybody this season, and his highlight package is pretty impressive. So he'll he'll be on some lists. There's no who question. is the preseason Heisman at the moment? Is there, is there one no one? idea. I don't either. Um, Texas, until college football expansion happens, who really cares? And our clown commish either doesn't want expansion or he's trying to power play it for something else. So until he caves, baham bug football for now. Well, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, come on. Texas, will they practice running four straight plays from the two-yard line and not score? <laughs> the football enthusiasm is absolutely popping off already, folks. Gosh, people, come on. It's, it's, it's more. We haven't gotten to April. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun summer around here. Texas, I'm definitely going for Nova out of the four teams. The only thing about them is it will give them four titles. Right now, us, them, and Kansas all have three. Uh, I kind of forgot about that. They'd say they're going to pass this eventually at some point. And also, everybody already does the whole, like, well, you only have two thing when you do this debate anyway. So, no. whatever. I was just glad to get that third so we get past NC State. Uh, Texas says, Blake Wesley's going pro. I didn't see that announcement. Uh, Notre Dame gets a one and done before Louisville. Pain. Well, I'm glad Blake Wesley's going pro. I don't want. <laughs> I saw as much of that young man as I needed to see in the two games that they played against us. Surprised he's going pro, but okay. Is it one of those where he's putting his name in the draft and he's has chance to come? Oh no, he's not. Via Jonathan Gavoni, Notre Dame freshman Blake Wesley, a projected top twenty pick, will enter the NBA draft. He told ESPN he has no plans to return to the Fighting Irish. I plan on staying in the draft. I'm ready to start my next journey. Good for you, buddy. Top twenty pick. God, we could have had him. But we don't have him this one year, and he'd been gone. Been a waste, wouldn't it? Maybe. For him, at least. We had Jared West, though. That's who we chose. Texas growing pain should have involved a climax involving Boner, but I guess not. <laughs> well done. Texas says, let's define irony. A UK fan I know wants Kansas to lose because self-cheats. <laughs> this might be some mindset. I remember that text made me laugh too much. Yeah, you liked it. <laughs> it's uh... You really liked it. Yeah. It's a lack of sleep is getting into me. It's like, happen, happen there. What was the text after that? I missed it. I'm sorry. It's the he last, says, I haven't the boner choke too much. Text said, let's define irony. A UK fan I know wants Kansas to lose because self-cheats. 
No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Self definitely, I would say, cheats more than any. If, if that's your barometer, if that's, if that's what you're choosing your rooting interest this weekend on, he certainly was cheating more than the other guys that, that are out there. I'm not saying that there's been... four coaches left, you mean? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, Hubert Davis wasn't around, but North Carolina's program and Duke. Yeah, but Hubert Davis is one of the guys taking the fake... That's how long back those classes went. Hubert Davis was taking the fake class as a student at, at, at North Carolina. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, was, he, he graduated in like 94, 95. Those things, class, those things started in 93. 18 years. Yeah, so he was technically part of the, the, the cheating process to begin with. I didn't think I realized he was that young. Yeah, because he came out and uh, he was on those uh, those Knicks teams as a rookie that during the Jordan uh, been playing baseball era. He graduated in '92. Oh, '92. Okay, so he was. Well, I guess he was. A little, I thought he was '93, '94. There probably were fake classes going on. That was borderline the beginning, though. Maybe way he was, back then. Maybe they started it for him. But yeah, Bill Self definitely the, the biggest cheater. I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens on the. Is Jay Wright been any kind of, any, any linked to any cheating at all at any point? No. Yeah. I'm sure there's been some wrongdoing that's taken place there, but they have a track record for being pretty quick. Well, they don't go and get the, the types of players that the other three teams do. Yeah, and it's not like he just took he took over Villanova and they were like within the snap of a finger, like contending. I mean, it was a slow build to where they're at. There was some buzz when with the Javon Quinterly recruitment, I remember a few years ago, but that was kind of it, and nothing ever came of it. I mean, I think the and like we've said, they're not going to talk about it this weekend. But what happens with Kansas to me is really, really intriguing just because if the IARP and we're all trying to read into all these different things based off of one ruling, but the IARP has come out and said definitively, our goal is not to punish people who had nothing to do with these transgressions. We don't want to hold innocent parties accountable for things that that happened before their time. They've levied show cost penalties against the coaches that were involved in this. And they've been heavy show cost penalties. Nobody cares about them because for the most part, they're, they're guys who aren't even in basketball anymore. Like nobody cares that Kevin Ollie's got a 10 year show cost penalty. Cause he ain't coming back anytime soon. Does he really? Yeah, it's huge. But then he won his, he also won his appeal. So I guess maybe that's gone now since he won his lawsuit against the NCAA and UConn. But I mean, Mark Godfrey now is a show cost penalty. Yeah. We assume Will Wade's going to get a show cost penalty and the LSU knows imagine, that. That's why yeah. they part ways with him. If if Kansas is going to quote unquote skate, which skating in this case is probably no postseason ban and just maybe a scholarship reduction or two and a few years of probation. I mean, North Carolina skated probably, but yeah, well, North Carolina skated. They got nothing. That that's yeah. the ultimate skating. But if you're talking well, slap on the wrist, we'll use that's, that verbiage. That that's, 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 a, that's a skating party at champ skating. Thank you for that. <laughs> you still have the possibility because. Kansas, ha- they're going to have to vacate wins from 2018, 2019 because they played Silvio de Sousa. He was clearly ineligible. There was clearly a bidding war for him. He was clearly paid something. But if they're saying we can't punish the the kids that are there now, so no postseason ban, you still have to punish Bill Self. He, the tech show that, I, think. I mean, the, the, whether it's you think he was a knowing participant, which the text seemed to indicate that he was. Hell, he had dinner with T.J. Gasnola the night before he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Or if you just say the CEO rule, if it happens under, under your watch, even if you were completely oblivious, that's not a defense anymore. You're the man in charge. What takes place underneath you falls on you ultimately. The Bayheim rule. In some way, shape, or form. Exactly. The, yes. the, the Bayheim rule. Bayheim rule, yeah. 
he's still going to have to get something. And so all of a sudden, the reigning national champions could go into next year's NCAA tournament without its head coach. Like, that's a very realistic possibility. And if you're Kansas, I think you probably just wait for him. Like, I don't think you fire him. I think the last time that happened was Kansas in 88. At least they're consistent. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, unless there was a retirement of a coach, I'm not saying. I want to say the last time a national champion went into the next year without their coach, I honestly can't. Because Larry Brown left on probation. Yeah. Left them on, 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 on punishment. It could easily be the case. And, I, you know, there have been reports that Kansas fans are expecting both um, Self and one of his assistants to not be available for the NCAA tournament for the next two years. And I don't know how that would work. I don't know how you get, like, just banned from the postseason, but you can still coach the regular season. That's what they've been saying. But there's something's going to have to happen with Bill Self. And I'm fascinated by what how the IRP handles this. Or maybe they just say, it's Kansas. Who cares? Get them out of there. We don't. We don't punish Kansas. You're not Louisville. That's the wrong red. <laughs> uh, this is Kansas. This is Kansas for God's sake. Take it a pass. Uh, let's, take our, let's take our last break. When we come back, more of your text on the Thornton's text line. Um, I've, I, I, there is a football stat that I want to throw out there. I didn't get a chance to do it because we ended up talking about the spring game. But we'll get into that after the break as well. Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Wednesday on 1450 The Big X. video but like this is what i think of when i think of like ultimate 80s music oh yeah yeah you've got you've got the the the, the keyboard in there you, synth, yeah the synthesizer oh 80s is all about synthesizer the only thing this is lacking i guess is the saxophone right i guess it just has that sound no it just sounds yeah it does it sounds pure 80s i just saw this from good, good song though tim sullivan's a national treasure <laughs> At least his social media game is. So this morning, I another storyline that I have not been following. Apparently, Lamar Jackson had had to come out there and tweet about rumors that he's trying to leave Baltimore and that he's unhappy with the Ravens, and, and so he has to address this this morning. And he puts out there this tweet. He says, I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. And he spells trying to T-R-Y-N-A, right? The lingo. That's how kids talk these sure. days. Yeah. And Tim Sullivan just quote tweets it and says, Trina? Question mark. And the first response is Terry Miners, gotta love him, who just says, in quotes, trying to. And then Sullivan responds, Yeah, I figured that out. Wondering if it's a newfangled slang and I'm just old and more out of touch than I thought. I mean, I, th- I thought he was going to go with the fact that I think I want to believe the outside linebacker the Bucks took in the first round was Joe Trina. Joe Trina? I think that was his name, wasn't it? <laughs> Please, for the love of God, nobody let Tim Sullivan know about Finna. 
Like he's <laughs> that one's gonna just melt his mind. He'll he'll be tied up for an entire week. What's finna? Fixing to. Like he finna he finna eat tonight. You're basically you're the Tim Sullivan Tim of local Sullivan, radio. Tim Sullivan, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna mock you, Tim, because I think you and me we're on the same basis. You guys actually are. Actually, I think I told you this. I had him on Renshaw's show and uh, uh, many moons back, as the, as when he covered the Padres. Really? Yeah, as a Padre. Writer. I think I told you this before. Where Renshaw would be like, "Give me guests." He's like coming on a, a day like an hour before the show and just being a bad mood. Like, I, I need three guests an hour. I don't want no talk. Just give me three guests, and I'd just be like, "Dude, really? You want me to just suddenly?" And I would just go get like a Duke football guy just to, to piss them off. It's like, really? You want you want to play that game? I'll play that game. And one of my think was me getting Tim Sullivan's like Padres guy. I was like, you want to play that game? All right, talk Padres baseball with this dude. I wonder if you're going to get three guests for the entire run of the Rutherford Show. Because right now we're sitting at zero. <laughs> You've never asked me to get a guest. I haven't. No. I just you know wanted you to take some initiative. <laughs> Clearly, you did not know me before. <laughs> I did. Uh, text her five zero two four one four fourteen fifty on the Thornton text initiative line. Initiative is not my strong point. I've, I've learned learned it pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> text says the women's team. I got a women's team question for you. Have you heard uh, any update on the charter plane offer for fans? Well, I've got no idea. I haven't heard that offer. No, period. Yeah. Uh, it says I, I may be way off, but I also don't remember us honoring the last women's Final Four team at a football game. We're getting spoiled with these runs. Well, the last Final Four run was in 2018. God, they probably just they probably declined during that 2018 football season. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to get honored at halftime of this game? No, no. We're we're good. We'll we'll be fine. They probably did. <laughs> Although I'm sure U of L. If they didn't do it, I don't know what they were thinking because that would have gotten the biggest cheers of the game. I mean, the problem is that no one was. No, I mean, no, it wouldn't have to do with the women's team, but there'd been no one there to even see it. You're, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. If a women's team is honored in the 2018 season of the football, football and no one's there to see it, did it happen? It might have happened. They might have been there, probably. No, I don't even remember. I blocked out that entire season from I mean, my mind. After the Florida State game, it was pretty much yeah. Texas says, uh, we all know that Final Four weekend is a big weekend for movers and shakers in college basketball. Do we expect Kenny Payne to be in New Orleans? I know that Kenny Payne is going to the the Final Four game in Minneapolis on Friday. I would assume he would go from there to New Orleans and spend some time just because that is a week where you get to know, you make connections, you meet people. Yeah, I mean, if you're an assistant coach looking for a better job or looking for a job down the line, this is like you've got to be shaking everybody's hand, handing out cards, letting people know who you are. It's the way it works there. It's wild down there. I'd assume he'll be down there at some point, but I think I don't think like he has said he's going to the game on Friday in Minneapolis, which, is, just, which is good. I just want him to be just just get on the recruiting trail, buddy. If it's in New Orleans and Minneapolis, that's fine. But just be recruiting on the phone. Did you see the Ron Hunter quote? That was floating around yesterday. Ron I Hunter, it. the former Georgia State coach? Exactly. Yeah. He's now the head coach at uh, Tulane down there. In- okay. Did I know that? I probably did, but I forgot. Yeah, he left, uh, which kind of felt like I was like. He got fired from Georgia State, didn't he? No, he left. He, okay. t- he took the Tulane job. But he. Um, Is that really an upgrade? That's what I thought. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm he sorry. was a hot name at Georgia State. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I, I kind of was expecting, because he got offered better jobs in Tulane that he turned down. I sort of thought if he was going to make a move, it would be to like a, I don't know. Good program in the AAC or a good program in the Atlantic Ten, something yeah, like that. I mean, I, mean, I don't Tulane. know. I mean, <laughs> Although he's made them, they've been fun the last couple. Is, of years. is Tulane a step up? In, I mean, I guess, I guess technically it would be because Tulane's what Tulane's in the AAC now. AAC, yeah, but and Georgia State's in the Sun Belt, Sun Belt. right? Yeah, so I guess it is technically an upgrade, but I'm sure they paid him a decent amount of money. But anyways, yeah. he's down there in New Orleans, you know, because he lives there. He's co- 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 coaching Tulane, 
and he tweeted out yesterday, welcome to all the college basketball coaches to the city of New Orleans this weekend. I'm offering free transportation if you have a 6'11 player in the transfer portal. Please call me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well done. I mean, just... It's a madhouse down there. I mean, we stayed at the team host at the uh, the media hotel where all the coaches and, and media stay when we went in New Orleans uh, in 2012, and it's nuts. I mean, you you can't go anywhere without seeing some coach or some like Jeff Borzello. He's in the elevator. He's shorter yeah. than he looks, which he is very short. Um, but we, I mean, the first we get there two seconds later, we're in an elevator with Jim Herrick. Yeah, I didn't say it. the hotels we stayed at in 12. It wasn't. Uh, there were some media members like I know 680 was staying there with us as well, and but. There wasn't, uh, it, w- it wasn't like a lot of the national guys. In fact, a lot of the hotel that we were in was being occupied by the people who were working the Final Four, it felt like, because we were a little bit outside of New Orleans. But gotcha. Like when I was down on Bourbon Street, it was it was crazy. I think we told this story about, you know, seeing Big Smooth and Bo Kimball. Oh, yeah. And I remember we were, me and my buddy were sitting at one of those, you know, which I, the one thing I love about New Orleans is going to some of those old, those restaurants thinking like this was a house like 100 years ago. Somebody's living here, a family's living here. You know, this was that's kind of a cool thing to me. Like, I I, I I like that type of stuff, history and things like that. But and as I'm sitting there, we were sitting there, and I look over, and I'm like, he's like, I'm pretty sure it's Matt Painter next to you. <laughs> I'm like, I just turn around, and if you've been in those those type of restaurants, they're kind of snug. And I'm a big dude, and I mean, I turn around, and there's basically yeah, he's like two feet behind me, less than that. He's like, Matt Painter sitting there eating a po' boy. I'm like, huh. I'm pretty sure it's my painter. <laughs> I, it's the best part about Final Four weekend if your team like, gets beat. It's just like seeing all of Like I told you the Jim Herrick thing, and then we rode down on an elevator with a woman who was talking about going on a blind date with Jim Herrick. <laughs> Herrick was just all over Final Four weekend. He was, man. Good Lord. You never knew what you were going to get. Uh, Whose who side are you on in the Grant Hill-Scotty Thurman feud? Have you seen this? No. Is there a feud between the two now? There is. I think it's mostly good-natured, but... Scotty Thurman did an interview somewhere last week on TV. You remember Thurman hit the big shot in the championship game against Duke. Um, yes, yeah. So Grant Hill was on the call for the Arkansas Duke Sweet 16 game. And Scotty Thurman was was on a local TV station and was asked about the game and you know what he thought watching it. Scotty Thurman's still alive, to be honest with you. He was wearing his jersey from that year. He took a picture of it and put it on social media. He's like, a <laughs> little snug, but still fits. He looks good. But So he was asked about the, the game in general. And he started talking about how he thought Grant Hill – was overly favorative of Duke during the broadcast. And it's basically like, dude's probably still bitter about 94. Like, that that's probably what it stems from. Like, I think he's probably bitter. Like, you hold a grudge for a long time. And Grant Hill, in classic Dukey form, like, gets way too sensitive about it and puts out this big statement saying, you know, Obviously, I'm still bitter about losing. Like, people, like, great competitors never truly get over losses like that. But to think that I would take it out on the current team is hilarious. There were some questionable calls in that Gonzaga game. I have my job to give an opinion, and I believe that Arkansas, you know, benefited from those those questionable calls against Gonzaga. And, like, okay, dude, calm down. Like, <laughs> so for that reason alone, I'm on Scotty Thurman's side. Just because, chill out. Chill out. Yeah, I, I don't uh... – yeah, I'll take Scotty Thurman's side because I like Scotty Thurman more. I mean, no, just because I figure Scotty Thurman needs all the help he can get. I mean, this is a dude after he hit that shot just appeared into nothingness. He played pro basketball for a long time. <laughs> what, in like Belgium? Well, yeah, you still make a lot of money. <laughs> I, mean, I guess. I'm sure Scotty Thurman's doing just fine. I'm sure they're taking care of him down there in, in Arkansas. Scotty well. Thurman was a prime example of a guy that, that, that was leaving school with, with no choice because he wasn't going to class. Did he leave early? I thought he played four years. No, he left after that year. That was the junior year. He bounced. He left after 94? Mm-hmm. Mm. Junior year, I believe. Junior sophomore year. 
Well, no, he stayed. He, he played. He did leave after his junior year, but his junior year was '95 when they lost the title game. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, my apologies. So he was a sophomore when they won that game, and then left. Okay, yeah. you got it. Why UCLA game? Oof. Thurman was an assistant head coach for the Razorbacks under Mike Anderson, uh, but he was not retained by Eric Musselman. I didn't know that he was on staff. <laughs> didn't know that either. He now is the head coach at Parkview High School. I think uh, his former teammate Big Nasty. He's an assistant in the NBA, I believe. Scotty Thurman played. 10 years of pro basketball, most recently for the Arkansas Rim Rockers. <laughs> Playing fast and loose with the term professional with that one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming he was paid something for his services. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> you get half, he was given a, a coupon for half off, a, half off the breakfast at Denny's for services playing for the Rim Rockers. Texas says Tim, Sull- Tim Sullivan got bofed, so you can't go much lower than Timmy Boy. He did. I mean, you know, a lot of guys have gotten Bofid over, over the years. Got what? Bofid. I'm not going to explain this to you. You, you. you don't need to know. I'm too, too I'm too much like Tim Sullivan to understand these lingo. You really are. The, the, the more that happens. Like, I do not get it at all. The I'm, more I'm, embarrassing Sully moment from this past year was unfortunately him getting caught picking his nose and eating the booger. On, oh, on yeah. The, the Zoom tele- that was gross. That was a bad moment. Listen, don't get me wrong. Timmy, I'm with you on that. I, on nose picking, I'm with you. I'm good, I'm good on nose picking. Eating it is freaking disgusting. Texas says some just wipe it on your leg or something, dude. Come on. Texas says some old people know when they're uh, out of their element and just stay in the background. Then they're solely. How about we introduce them to urban dictionary terms like I'm not saying these. <laughs> Let's see how Sully does with that expanded use. I don't even know what the last one is. But I'm gonna have to look it up afterwards. <laughs> even, if you don't know what it is, we're screwed. Sullivan definitely does do like he just can't help himself, and I think he I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's at least. He's at least somewhat self-aware when he does stuff like trying to, I think he probably knows that it's a widely known, like, like abbreviation that's used. Well, I wouldn't used. say widely known, but he, he probably knows it's an abbreviation, but he probably, I mean. He but he just knows how people are going to react when, yeah. he, when he does stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a Timmy on this one, though. I think he wants to be lovably aloof, but yeah, he does. <laughs> At a certain age, you just have to stay out of certain things. Like, I'll, I'll see kids posting well, some point, stuff, and I'm like, yeah. just write out the word? Trevor, good lord, you are eighty-five years old. I mean, I get like when like I get like with texts of people doing like TTYLs and stuff like that. It's like that was relevant, I guess, when you like you had to do shorthand because you had like, TTYL. You are eighty years old, I mean, good lord. But people still use that stuff like in text and shorthand, and that made sense when you had like three letters on a number. But not everyone has a keyboard. Type the damn thing out, dude. Quit being lazy. Oh my God, I mean. You saved your best old man rant in a long time for the very end of a Wednesday show. <laughs> You're welcome. Texas says Trevor's three guests that he's going to get now. One, a collector of dining, designing women memorabilia. <laughs> Two, a historian on 80 synth rock. And three, a manager from Ohio Valley Wrestling. Ooh. Well, Chin the dude. <laughs> Texas says TK, Bofa D's. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> what is Bofa D's? How do you not know what Bofa, e- Bofa is? I don't know what it was supposed to mean. Okay, can I do? I Google it. I'm sure there's an explanation. Is it dirty? Kind of, but not. It's just it's an internet thing. You you get somebody to be like, "What is Bofa?" and then you say, "Bofa D's." Oh, oh, well, that's not that's that's a that's like a who when you get somebody to say who. Kind of, yeah. It took the internet by storm ten years ago. Well, I'll leave it to the generation to just rip off a cheesy version of what was already before it. Texas says, look up. I, I, I'm afraid to read these terms that people are sending in now that they want me to find out what they actually are because I, 
I'm going to look it up and I'll be like, oh, I should not have said that on air. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> the things that are being sent in are hilarious. Like, I, I'm just imagining oh, what they might be. There's a good one I'm going to tell you. I, I, I got to tell you off the air, but there's a good one in that type of sense. Or I watched Matt Jones one day on a generation with him. Just completely overstay a statement. Oh, this is why I'm staying away and from stuff like this. the entire time, me and Jody are just laughing, and he just doesn't understand why it's so dirty. Just, I'm telling you off the air what it is, but just keep that in mind. Apparently. It just made me think of that. So one of the ones that somebody sent in is Irish handcuffs, which apparently is is double-fisting drinks. So I feel comfortable saying that. Okay. Now that. I feel like that's an insult to the Irish, but okay. A little bit, but I'm Irish, so I can say I'm it. I'm Irish, I can say it too, exactly. Texas, is Rick Bozit self-aware of his grilled food picks? I don't think he was initially, and I think now he's playing, playing, playing into to it. Yeah. yeah, which is what you should do. That's the way to handle something like that. He's handled it well. Texas, I need an illustration of Mike in his basement looking up at a raccoon falling through the ceiling, <laughs> like the illustration of a T-Rex seeing the meteor. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right on the verge of impact. Nobody else knows what's going on. I see that raccoon. I also have short arms, just like T-Rex. <laughs> Texas, did Trevor really say that Scrubs wasn't a comedy earlier? <laughs> you did make that statement. I did. It was a joke, sort of. It wasn't very funny. I never got into Scrubs, really. Texas says, all right, this was on your rant when you were talking about what we're going to be. If we're 4-0 against Kentucky, just don't change anything. Remember, you were like, you're like we're four, if, if down the line, we're 4-0 against Kentucky, and we're doing oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, is it just me or is this shirt really creepy? Um, oh, the shirt from... Did you see the the shirt that they were wearing after they won their Elite Eight game? Like the celebratory shirts that they give you that you put on. They being Louisville? Yes. Uh, I didn't notice. No, I, didn't, I just didn't pay attention. I don't know if creepy is the right word. Did I say something possible or something, I think, maybe? No. I, I put them on news notes. They, it's based, like the, the, the center image is a pair of scissors, you know, for cutting down nets. Mm-hmm. But they've turned the scissors into like a face, like the two little finger holes or handles like they that's the eyes they make them the eyes and they just sort of paint a smile around the middle of it and then they have a net in the background and like the, the cardinal logo and the final four logo are next to it very small and then it says you know wichita region champions 2022 it's a terrible shirt that sounds horrible it's not good here here's a picture look at that awful awful that's what I, they gave yeah, i didn't it's notice a, those look stupid it's not I mean, it's not uh, – creepy is probably too far. It's just not a, it's a it's bad shirt. generically looking dumb. Texture says uh, – oh, this is a KRC text from – KRC Pum- text. <clears throat> Matt Jones – great way to start – thinks Kentucky basketball is no longer the coolest program in the country that it once was and that we're not getting the top five elite cr- recruits was that gives everyone's attention. Was it ever the coolest program? What are your thoughts, TJ? I think it was. The yeah, first few years of Calipari. Just, just give it crap, man. I think, I think he's right. It's not I mean, I coolest. think Matt Jones is right here. I, th- I, think, uh, I think Kentucky is now sitting at the nerds table. It's getting wedgies and put up, and it's getting underwear put up the flagpole right now by other programs. Yeah, that's how uncool it is. It's wearing glasses with tape, keeping it, keeping it together in the middle. It's snorting when it laughs. It's, it's com- part of. It's joined the AV club. It's complaining about kids using Trina. It's on <laughs> on social media. <laughs> I wouldn't complain about it, but I'd be like, "What does it mean to?" I'm a, don't let him mock you, Timmy. <laughs> You and, you and Timmy are just like... I bet me and Tim Sullivan can hang out. I was going to say, you, I'm, I'm, one day I'm going to like stroll into a bar and you and Sully are just going to be posted up at the bar. I'm like, Trevor and Sully hang out like this? It makes sense. <laughs> just making fun of the kid with his pants hanging too low. Well, <laughs> I don't think Sully makes fun of stuff. I think he just gets angry about it. I don't get angry. That's ridiculous. I, it doesn't make me angry, but I do go with the ridiculous statement, yeah. 
My dad was a big pull up your pants dad oh, back I, in the day. I can't, I can't, I couldn't be that because I was in the generation of the sagging. Oh yeah, like that was yeah. I never really. That was my prime. I wouldn't say I was the biggest pants sagger of all time, but like, if I got, oh, I had a few of them. I can see it. If I got even borderline though, my dad like pull up your damn pants. Yeah, big pull up your pants, dad. I don't think we've got any sort of sports of note going on. Uh, I'm not going to pick an NBA game tonight. Man, it's Wednesday, so we got to get out of here. Oh yeah, that's right. We do have to get out of here. Yeah, we got NIT championship game tomorrow, so we don't need to worry about that. All right, we're out of here. We're we're done. Sports tonight. Not really. Not, not, no good sports. Good. I'm going to go back going home and going back to bed then. All right. Enjoy your Thursday night. Trevor's going to get some sleep. Hopefully, he'll be in better mood tomorrow. Less Star Wars talk tomorrow. I can almost promise that. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I can almost promise it. You're trying us. Enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow, Thursday, 3 o'clock.